2: Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip.
1: This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show.
2: I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, the sounds of summer are in full swing, which if you're from my neck of the woods means mosquitoes. Hi, everybody. It's the 15th of June, 2022, and it is time for Morning combat. I'm merely one half of your hosting duo. My name is Luke Thomas. I'm here in the capital of Estados Unidos in Washington, D.C., joined by the recently reclaimed king of Connecticut himself. It's Brian Campbell. Brian, fresh haircut, I see. How are you doing, bud? Yeah, uh, fresh from the barbershop
1: and fly from the beauty salon. You know what I'm saying, Luke? Because everybody knows that basketball courts in the summer got girls there, although I won't put your wife's name in my mouth anymore. Thank you, Will Smith. Um, I will say, Luke, that uh, I begrudgingly put that crown back on. I didn't earn it, right? Glover lost it, and and we'll pour one out for that guy. RIP on that regard. But uh, happy to be back. Hump Day, Luke. And, um, you know, we're just days away from BC and Mm DC. So you and I can, you know, full frontal hug each other, families included, and really spread the magic,
2: Luke. So I'm excited. Should be kind of fun. I'm actually pretty excited for it as well. I'm excited to see what you think and what you see. Is it? What's the plan? Is the plan like just museums and stuff? Or are you guys gonna do wh- what exactly? A lot of walking, Luke. Uh, a lot of museums. Yeah,
1: I mean that's what you do in DC, right? A lot of trendy eating.
2: There's a lot of outdoor space too. In fact, yes. where I won't gonna say where you're. You know what? I'll save it for off the air because I don't want to blow up your spot, but. Um, I would actually say that there's a lot of stuff you can do that's really fun outdoors, not just the museum. But we'll talk about that a little bit later,
1: dude. I want to see Ford's Theater. I want to see where where uh,
2: J.W.
1: broke his leg jumping off that that. That ledge, you know, I want to, I want to see where history happened. Look, yeah, do you Forest think
2: Theater, it's just, it's just downtown? It's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not in like a super historic area. It's just a historic building in a modern area.
1: Is the tour worth it? Because I want to see if I could find Lincoln's DNA around. Do you think they've cleaned it well? I mean, what, what do we got
2: here? Is it still an uh, the tour, I did it years ago, so I couldn't tell you what it's like. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, listen, everything in DC is at least worth one time a go round. Yeah. The one thing I would say is if you're gonna spend some time outside you need to do some of the monuments and stuff at night. At night, like Lincoln Ooh. Memorial um, and the Jefferson Memorial right there at night is just, I mean, spectacular. So fun for pictures, fun to see, a lot of good stuff. Um, I told to my kids, you I here. said...
1: I said, Luke Thomas loves DC so much that he's tattooed the flag on his body. You're going to have to ask him to see that. And then, you know, one of them was like, is there any chance he has like a weird, regrettable naval tattoo that we can ask him about? I was like, son, that's uh, that's on you. All right? if you, you, you know, if you want to play that game, you'll find out what happens.
2: All right. Yes, BC just loves to make things uncomfortable for others. But boy, when you return the favor, he shrivels up like a... <laughs> like a- <laughs> Like, like you know like, what? In a cold pool. Like a cold
1: um, dick coming out of a pool. Yeah, that's about it, Luke. Yep. Yep. Um.
2: All right, we actually have a fun show today. Uh no, no bullshit. This UFC card this weekend is great. We've talked about this before. When the UFC takes the fight night cards back on the road, so they're not the apex, they got to do a little bit more with it to sell the audience, and boy, did they ever. This one is fantastic, so we'll talk about that, plus we have a lot of sort of smaller news and notes. Gina Carano back kind of in the news cycle, some fights falling through, some fights being made. We'll get to all of it. So thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Hit subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't yet. And of course, if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, just give us a nice review there if you'd be so inclined. And of course, you can see here if you're watching on YouTube, the social channels on the lower third. On top of that, BC, Showtime.com, or Showtime is the label that pays. You want to be able to watch them, go to Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can pound sand. And of course, we got some merch. I'm wearing some merch today. You can go to morningcombat.store. BC, I think yours is, what, Roots of Fight? Is that a Roots yeah, of Fight Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: rocking this badass Boss root shirt. You may remember him. Uh, memorable role in Here Comes the Boom, Luke. But, um, you know, I'm also did, did a lot rocking- more
2: than Here Comes the Boom. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's done a few things, but I'm also rocking this uh, this great dad hat here. Uh, always here for you, Morty Combat merch, yes. And indeed.
2: I got my yeah. little MK mug, too, which is available if you would be so uh, interested in getting one as well. You know, that's, uh, a, that's,
1: a, that's a handsome mug. I wish they made it in a little bit bigger of a size, though. They put it in, like, the shot glass coffee mug, you know? Yes,
2: I agree. I don't, like, most people associate coffee mugs with this particular dimension, but I'm with you. I like mine a little. I like mine with some girth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Luke likes his coffee like he likes his women, right? Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. Dark colored and um, and thick. That's what I like. <laughs> wow, uh, I was gonna go
1: with light and sweet, Luke. But you know, you can take that anywhere you want. All right.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. So there's a lot to get to there. BC, though, we have to remind folks one of the great sponsors of this show. It's AG One. That's right. Athletic Greens. It keeps BC on the on the straight and narrow. Does it not? It does, it does, because here's the deal, it doesn't taste super healthy,
1: like in a bad way, but boy does it make you feel healthy, it's got that mild tropical taste, but I'm not going to lie, I look forward to starting my day each morning, one scoop, glass of water, mix it up nice, Luke, that's it, and you know, sometimes it's it's not, you know, if you want to work on how you finish the day, you better start the day the right way, and this is how I start my day each way, and look at, look at me, Luke.
2: Just a model of health and wellness. Unbelievable. Uh, Of course, as you know, it is just one delicious scoop. 75 vitamins and minerals. That's all you have to do. It's not a bunch of pills. And, of course, there are probiotics in it, adaptogens, all kinds of superfoods that your body needs.
1: Yeah, and you're like, okay, this special blend of ingredients, what does it do for me, right? No, it supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and look, even aging, which, damn, that sounds like a bold claim, but the whole point is... A lot of us, we get to this point in our life, we're not always making the best decisions. How about one little scoop with all this good ingredients? You know, it's like, is this the only green you're going to put in your diet? At least do something right. Start your day with AG1.
2: Fair enough. And also, BC, you could take it on the road, can you not? You take travel packs with you when we travel, right? I do. I'll be bringing
1: those same travel packs to to D.C. You better believe that, brother, because I'm on the monthly plan with AG1. All right. I get the same package in the month, same day every year. Oh, it's the first of the month. It's ag It's Athletic Greens time, right? I know that used to mean something different in your day, Luke, but it's changed. Just like I've changed my outlook and my health because of this company.
2: Bone thugs and athletic greens. All right, BC, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good.
1: Yeah, you know what I like best about it, Luke? The price. How about less than $3 a day for you to invest in your health? And by the way, cheaper than that cold brew habit that you've been having issues with.
2: Taking Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And, you know, don't just ask me, how about 7,000 five-star reviews for Athletic Greens, including
1: the trust of the leading health experts like Tim Ferriss, Michael Gervais. I mean, who else are you going to believe?
2: Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And, you know, you want to make it a little easier? How about
1: Athletic Greens giving you for free a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D? Also, you get those five free travel packs that we talked about. All you got to do is this. It's simple. AthleticGreens.com slash Morning Combat. And, of course, that's with a K, brother.
2: Again, that's AthleticGreens.com slash Morning Combat to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, BC, if you're ready, I am. I would love to get this show on the road. You ready to go? Let's let's drive this shit. Let's do it.
1: 18-wheelers. All we need is some trucker speed and a willingness to do gross things in the back cab, and we're ready, Luke, all right?
2: All right, here we go. This weekend, uh, the UFC is on the road, but not with a pay-per-view. Yes, of course, they're back in Texas. They're going to be in Austin. It's UFC fight night, Cater versus Emmett. Calvin Cater's going to be taking on Josh Emmett. First thing I want to say is, overall, I'm going to repeat it one more time, this card is phenomenal. Now, of course... What's going to happen by the time the card gets to the final conclusion? Will there be weight misses or whatever? I don't know. But as it stands on paper now, it's just great. Really, really, really strong. Let's start with that main event, BC. Calvin Cater... Taking on Josh Emmett. Now there was a big breakdown that Richard Mann had. I want to dig into some of the details as we go on here a little bit. But first things Wait, first.
1: Did Richard refer to himself in this story that you're referencing as Dick Man? Is that did he that did. happen,
2: Luke? He did refer to himself as Dick Man, which I can only uh, ascertain means he heard morning <laughs> combat and your stupid. <laughs> Let, let me, ascot- let you me ascertain like he, your nickname. I, it's I Dick like Man. How, I like how he took the nickname you gave him and then turned it into this is what dumbasses on Twitter say to me. I like that. It was a little, nice little switch there. But the point being is Cater and Emmett. B.C., realistically... Not so much because they've done great work, but there's also like a little bit of a gap in terms of what's happening at Featherweight. As we know, UFC 276 is going to be the the, the trilogy between Max and Volkanovski. We have a whole thing coming out about that. But I wonder, in your mind, does Cater versus Emmett scream title contender to you? And a reason why I'm a little bit hedging it is because they both had some pretty significant losses that were not too, too long ago, including the Cater one with Max, which was a historic beating. And also, what if Max wins? Are they going to do Max Cater too? How do you assess the stakes in this one?
1: I mean, the stakes are high. How you want to individually assess them depends on how you're looking at sort of the top, you know, five to seven of the rankings. And let's remind you, in terms of who's fighting in this matchup, you do have number 4 Calvin Cater against number 7 Josh Emmett. Luke, I don't want to discount what a win could do for Cater because he could have done nothing better than what he did. Bounce back from that Max Holloway loss. And score an absolutely great comeback win and show you know how hungry he is and how much he's still right here despite that damaging loss. So, yes, a win for Cater is huge. But, correct me if I'm wrong here, Luke, but I'm looking at this even as a bigger opportunity for Emmett, who we know the window being what 35 is getting smaller, yet he's won four in a row. He bounced back from that nearly two year layoff coming off of the damage he took in outlasting Shane Burgos. And he put together a very nice victory over Dan Ige to continue that momentum. If he beats number four, Calvin Cater, I do think we're talking about this man with arguably the best overall tattoo game in this sport filled with awful tattoos. But obviously the chin, the punching, the wrestling, the, the, the stamina. I'm wondering if he comes, uh, has an opportunity here to really make a leap. Would you agree with me, Luke, that one has a slightly more higher potential upside of what they can spin this? entering this fight or am I a little bit just a little bit off based on maybe potentially the chemicals dumped in the water in the river that I grew up in and possibly some other factors that that play well
2: you tell me because here I'm going to read you their last five fights and you tell me which one has more to gain here based on where they've been so if you look at uh Josh Emmett he has a loss to Jeremy Stevens which was a really bad one because of the damage that it did but then he rebounded against Johnson then Amir Saad Bektic then Shane Burgos and then more recently Dan Ige. Conversely, if you look at the five for Calvin Cater, there's the loss to Magomed Sharapov, which I think we would both agree is somewhat controversial, but it was a fair win, but you know it was an interesting uh, change of affairs there in the, in the third. No, he, I mean, he, dude,
1: hold on. He came on in the third. Anyone that wants to say, hey, if that was five rounds, okay, that's fine. You know, hey, if your, if your uncle didn't have that piece on him, he'd be your aunt. Okay, cool. But it was a three-round fight, and Zabit won it. And Zabit's also the best featherweight in the world. What else do you want from me, Luke?
2: Is he? Is that what he is? All right, then he beats Jeremy Stevens, then he beats Dan Ige, then he had that historic, that's what it, really what it was, the loss to Holloway, but he rebounded against Giga Chikadze, and I really wonder, is that Chikadze win the best of the two wins, frankly, that either of them might have? It actually might be. I think he's gotten a little bit higher. The rankings speak to that. I do think Emmett has certainly a less of a timetable to make this work, and also I would agree. I think this would be a huge, huge win for him. Now, To answer the original question about the stakes, you still have Ortega and Rodriguez coming down the pike, so that seems to me like the much more likely of the two to get the title shot, especially if it's the Ier. But I think Emmett could cause a lot of disruptions here. If Volkanovski wins, Cater would be a fresh matchup. They would be, you know, in the on-deck circle or something like that. They wouldn't be next up to bat.
1: I do like when there's a scenario, and you're right, that matchup, Ortega, uh, it's got... Are they closer to getting that title shot with a win, especially looking great... More likely than not, yes. But, Luke, they are both coming off a loss, Yair and Ortega, and I do like when the UFC sort of says, look, we have multiple fights coming up involving guys in the top five to seven or eight or whatever. Really, whoever comes through and puts forth the dominant performance – could open the door and the path for them to get a shot. And I kind of like sometimes when it's a little bit more ambiguous and open, almost like who wants it, right? Who's coming after it? So I think that's got to be in the back of the mind for both of these gentlemen that a big win here. And yes, I don't want to discount how big that Giga, 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 how big that win over uh Chikadze, Giga, Giga, Chikadze. Let me, let me uh, recover from that stroke I just had on there, Luke. Um, I don't want to discount how great that win was. It, it was fantastic. So you're right. Um, I do think, though, you could crash the party with a big performance. The stakes are high. This is a great main event. The attention will be here. We love this freaking division. Damn, Luke. uh, I think that we're going to see a very manly five-round main event on Saturday, and I think it's going to get Harry in there, bro.
2: Also, to be clear, Josh Emmett is 37. Now, he turned 37 in March, so he's not like, you know. Oh, I
1: said 35. Is he really 37? Remember, he
2: missed a bunch of time after losing to Jeremy Stevens, so that fight was in 2018, he didn't come back till over a year later. He fought twice in 2019, won both of those, fought again in 2020, won that, and then fought again against Dan Ige. By the way, the fights against Burgos and Bektic were both either fight of the night or performance of the night bonuses. Yeah. So he's had a big rebound. In fact, if he wins this weekend, that's five featherweight wins in a row. And I think not all five. He, K- he KO'd Michael Johnson and he K- TKO'd Bektic. But the last three would be over ranked opponents. And then this one would be inside the top five. There'd be a clear escalation, I believe that's right. It'd be a clear escalation, yes, of his development. So, yes, I think Josh Emmett certainly has th- no room for error. I mean, if, think about real- realistically. If you're 37 and you lose here to Cater, and let's say you lose fairly, right, like the other guy was just better on that night, that would probably dash any title hopes short of like a short notice. You know, oh, we need you on a moment's notice. Could you help? Yes, he'd be relevant in that sense. But it's really, it's it's a bit of do or die for Josh Emmett this weekend. Fair. Very
1: fair. Very fair. And the age update certainly does that, as does Luke, as you mentioned. Look, I mean, this guy's had two legitimately long and arduous recoveries, one from that brutal knockout loss to Stevens that you mentioned. But, Luke, that thriller against Shane Burgos can't be forgotten because of what it did to both of them. Both were willing on that night to come out and say, look, I think I'm the next title contender. I've got, I'll have got i do whatever it takes to get past this step. Uh, we may need to see some of that same spirit and that – Hutzpa coming out of Josh Emmett once more because this division, as you know, is full of hammers. And this guy, you could argue, Luke, on this four-fight win streak in the recovery from that Stevens knockout has taken the longest possible road to get there. No disrespect, obviously, to how well Cater recovered from the damage in that Max Holloway lost Both are battle-tested, but both had to crawl through some shit to get to this point. Um, you know, I, I, for both of these guys, I'd love to see them come through with a spectacular performance and be in that discussion because these are two blue collar members of this division and I think both have really, you know, through highs and lows have shown you that I don't know who has the edge. I love the style contrast. I love the toughness of both. Look, this is appointment viewing. This is this is why we go, you know, this is why we do this shit. I can't wait for this main event. Give me any reason not to like it. You can't.
2: Also, one thing that sort of shows up on tape and then if you look at the the you know the win losses, you can kind of see it there a little bit, but like Richard Mann had something that was just really, really smart about this. If you look at how many knockdowns uh, Josh Emmett scores, he ranks ninth among active UFC fighters, right? But six of those and the eight ahead of him are all heavyweights. So the only two non-heavyweights ahead of him are Conor McGregor and Sean O'Malley. Dude. Fucking Josh Emmett can thump. He is a yeah. very, very heavy-handed guy. The stats speak to that. And in fact, listen to this little thing. I just thought this was fun. I mean, I, ne- I didn't even realize this until you sort of pointed out. Um, listen to this. He has scored, talk about Josh Emmett, has scored knockdowns in seven straight fights and has landed four knockdowns against Felipe Aranches, which is tied for the second most ever landed in in a UFC fight. The only two times it was more was when Jeremy Stevens was kicking Gilbert Melendez and he kept falling, and then Forrest Petz when he beat Sam Morgan, which I watched that fight. He was hitting Sam Morgan so hard his ears were wiggling in slow motion. Joe Rogan made a comment about it. I thought he was going to make Sam Morgan mow his lawn. It was such a beating. Other than that, dude, Josh Emmett is the guy out there putting fucking hands on people. So It's not just you have two good fighters. You've got a guy in Josh Emmett who is a fight-ending threat, and then you take a look at what Cater did to Stevens, he's hardly some slouch in that department himself. Pretty interesting fight, pretty action-oriented fight, if I'm looking at it.
1: Yeah, you know, and they're both gritty, and there's both so there's so much reason with the stakes to have to fight another another absolute war. I mean, I I don't see this being dominant on one side, Luke. You know, as much as there is that potential if someone could break through with a kind of, you know, stoppage type win that you're like, damn. I feel like we're headed through five crazy, arduous, intense, damage-heavy rounds, and uh, these are two two men that are that are up to the task. And look, you did you did kind of gloss over. Look, I know you like different styles of tattoos. Uh,
2: you know, whose tattoos were you talking about? Josh if a heavy? man's
1: going to tat his ass, you're here for it. That's fine. That's your preference, but. Uh, Emmett's tats are fantastic. The coloring on the light skin, Luke, they pop. Okay. Would you give the man the respect, please?
2: I haven't seen his tattoos in a while. I'd have to take a look. You know, who had interesting uh, tattoos by virtue of a um, a skin condition was Scott Jorgensen. He had vitiligo, so he went from sort of a normal skin pigmentation to a very light one, obviously, as his skin changed color, which, you know, is its own little, I'm sure, a difficult situation. But it certainly made his tattoos pop. It certainly looked really, really interesting for that. And I think he kind of appreciated it in the end. So, um, yeah, tattooing skin, uh, different across across different hues can be difficult. Uh, all right,
1: kind of crazy too how Richard Mann shares a nickname with a uh, star NFL quarterback too, right? Luke Deshaun Watson.
2: You're really going there.
1: <laughs> all right. Sorry Luke, sorry. I mean really so, sorry. I mean look, you know, it's it's the unpredictability that really makes the joke pop. You know what I mean? It's really it's like, wow, who brought a firework into the small, you know, room? This is crazy, is that, is that, right? Is that, you know? Did
2: you bring a firework or did you bring a flatulence? Which one did you bring? <laughs> I can't quite tell <laughs> Yep. There, All right. there was an explosion. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know if it's feces or fireworks. <laughs> it's BC's um, feces. There you go. Uh, okay. BC, co made event on this card, tremendous as well. Now, it's tremendous in the, for different reasons, and it was supposed to happen already, and there was a late fallout, but Donald Cerrone is kind of back. Boy, it's a quiet fight week for Donald Cerrone, is it not? The dude's fighting in like three days. There's hardly any talk about it. Plus, it's the return of the long layoff of Joe Lazan. Where are you on these, like, you know, old guy fights or, you know, at the end of their run ish kind of fights?
1: Well, you know, the, is there a lot of talk? Is there a lot of anticipation? I think that's the follow up question. While we love when two old, respected, battle tested veterans who are still kind of hanging on fight each other, because to be fair, that's the best matchmaking for guys like this at this point. You know, you don't want to see Cowboy Cerrone fighting a hammer climbing the ladder. But because this one got delayed, Luke, probably because Cerrone is what 0-5 and one in his last six. I don't think there's a ton of anticipation, unless unless I'm completely you know misreading the room here. I'm wondering, Luke, if this is the 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 end of days. If Cowboy Cerrone loses this, can they keep employing him? I know he's right there in so many. Longevity, longevity-based longevity UFC records alongside the likes of Jim Miller, Andre Orlovsky, and, and others, but um, do you have high anticipation as sort of a, a, hey, two warriors will send you off here? Because, Luke, whoever loses is probably getting sent off. You okay with that?
2: Well, Joe has kind of been doing his own thing for a while and was only going to come back for the right kind of fight. He has a, his own school in Massachusetts, which I think takes up the majority of his time. I'm told it's doing quite well, so... That's really where he's at. Joe has. Remember, for folks who may not realize this, when he knocked out Jen's pulver in his UFC debut, Joe Lazan still had a full-time job as a computer programmer. And it wasn't until like a few fights into his UFC career where he was able to quit and then go full-time fighting. So he's always kind of had, you know, not one foot out the game, but irons in the fire, let's say. He always had a plan for this. He always had a plan for getting out of this. So a loss probably would send him packing, but not in some kind of, you know, uh, horribly negative way. Here's the other part about this though, BC pop quiz. Pop quiz. How Watch old up. is Donald Cerrone? Without looking, I'm going to say 38. Close. 39. 39. Oh. Oh. 39 years of age at 155 pounds. Man, that is that's old. That's really well, dude, old. The record well, speaks what, for
1: Five recent losses were by knockout, and even though he won a couple in a row before that to kind of start this... Remember we had that one final stand? It was Cowboy Dad, right? You're like, oh my God, could this you know aging, battle-tested guy become a legitimate title changer? And shout out to him for having that run, Luke. Before that run, he was getting knocked out a ton, and we were like, you know, how much more does this guy have? So, he's one of those guys that if he's... You know, like Sam Alvey has incredible job security for a guy that loses a lot, Luke. I don't know why. You know, maybe he's just the perfect, you know, tester in that regard. Like sometimes it happens in WWE as much as you don't want to hear it. There's guys that linger because they're just good at, you know, taking on the young guys, helping them along. Um, do you th- like? Do you think Cowboy could survive a loss here, Luke? Because they tend to love him in these parts. I mean, he is an ambassador in a lot of ways. But Luke, he has not been an elite fighter for a while. I think you can uh, you can understand that and agree with but- that.
2: The last push he had was around 2018. He had lost three in a row to Masvidal, Lawler, and Till. And that was like peak Till. So you're like, okay, nothing, no big there. Rebounds against Yancy Medeiros. Now, he did lose to Leon Edwards, but it was a five-round fight. And Leon Edwards didn't, like, you know, super beat him up. But he clearly controlled him and beat him. But then he arm bars Mike Perry. He head kick KOs. Alexander Hernandez, that was the first fight on ESPN Plus back in Brooklyn, and then he beat Al Quinta in uh, Canada and did so, like, marvelously, like, just completely outstruck him. It was after that where things took a turn for the worse, losing to Tony, losing to Gaethje, losing to McGregor, then Pettis, had the sort of draw against Nico Price or whatever, the no contest. And then he lost to Alex Moreno in his last contest. I mean, the, you know, if you're saying you're losing to Justin and Tony and Connor, it's like, well, okay, that's one thing. And Alex Moreno's a good fighter, but he's not on par with the Tonys and the Justins of the world. And so that was a pretty clear sense that things have gone a- apart. I think, if the U- I think if he, I'll say this, BC, if he loses and gets stopped, and not like some freak like Joe Lazan flying armbar, but you know, like gets his ass whooped or something. I think UFC's going to sit him down and say well, it's
1: probably time. Uh, dude, to be fair, he's gotten his ass whooped a lot. I mean, the 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 punt, the damage resistance is is as low as it's ever been. Luke, he's always been a guy who you yeah, but like who here's starts the slow, on. you could jump. Alex Moreno,
2: Alex Moreno is a younger guy in his career. He's just thirty one. He's right in the middle of his prime. Joe Lazan is very much towards the end. So if you're losing All to right. guys towards the end of their career as well and getting finished. I think the UFC to be like we don't really know how else to make fights All for right. you at this point. If he wins this cowboy, the, you know you know the fight I want
1: I want to get to a point where Jim Miller and Cowboy Cerrone are tied for most UFC appearances and victories and the winner would would essentially walk away for that however long that period lasts as you know the winningest fighter in UFC history or the most you know what I'm saying like Dude, if we're going to if we're gonna let these doves fly, Luke, go, you know, let them go like that, right? You okay with that type of fantasy matchmaking to end the Cowboy run if he wins this on Saturday? Honestly,
2: if he gets stopped here, I would be happy to, like, and again, not in some kind of like, eh, go get that guy, but like out of genuine concern for his later in life. I mean, dude, forget about all the injuries he's had in MMA. How about just all the injuries he's had just living life? I mean, his quality of life at the end of there is going to be severely compromised. Um if he gets finished here, I I I would be happy to say the, the guy's career is, you know, it, it, that, that he's done his best work. He's done his best work. And if you're really acknowledging that and now there's a question of like how much quality of life you're sacrificing later yeah. in life, there's really no point to it. Dude, so.
1: Cowboys remember Cowboy fought a debuting Eddie Alvarez and he, he fought his, he fought his heart out and won a great fight, Luke. I mean, that was a strong technical Hard ass performance, like to me, that's the best cowboy I've seen. I know he's got some other big names that wins. You know he's had a great career, but to me, I always think of that Eddie Alvarez win as like when Cowboy puts it together, and it's not just all about Bud cans and yachts and street fight. You know, fist fights. The guy could fight at a near near elite level, and he and he he sniffed that area a few times throughout this memorable run, Luke.
2: He certainly did. Uh, elsewhere on this card, BC again, it is just I mean, top to bottom, excellent. Uh, I'm going to tell you the fight that I've got my eye on. Uh, Demir Ismogulov taking on Guram Kutataladze. Dude, I know like, you're probably like, going to laugh at me for all the names here because that's what you do. Yeah. But, dude, this fight might be the best one on the card. I, I, how familiar are you, are you with these two guys?
1: I'm going to very... go with unfamiliar as, as probably the best way to sum it up,
2: Luke. I think, I think like a lot of people are probably just like you. I think they're going to have a wake-up call uh, after this one. So in his UFC debut... In his UFC debut, Guram Tutateladzi defeated uh, Mateus Gamrod, Even knocked him down, as a matter of fact. Gamrod had to wrestle for his life in this one, and it still wasn't enough. Here are the wins thus far for one Demir Ustmogulov. This will be his fifth UFC fight. His four previous are as follows. He made his debut against Alex Gorgiz. I don't know who that is. He beats him. Then Joel Alvarez, the guy out of Spain who's very good. Then he beat Tiago Moises. Then he beat Rafael Alves, and now he takes on Guram Tutateladzi. Uh, Dude, these guys are absolute fucking hammers, and that dude from Georgia, Kuta Lazzi, is a beast. Indefatigable cardio. He can punch his lights out. He's got pretty. His wrestling could be improved in certain areas, but you want to talk about like two guys who you need to pencil in for potential title contenders? Or, granted, it's still early. It's these two guys for Does, sure.
1: Doesn't that man's last name sound like a computer-generated UFC EA Sports fighter? It kind of sounds like a mixture of Giga and. Uh Ewan Kutelaba's last name, right? A
2: little bit. I mean, he is Georgian. He is Georgian like uh, the previous fighter you mentioned, not Kutelaba who's I think what Moldovan. But yes. um but yes, it's a great fight. I won't belabor the point here because if you haven't if you're not overly familiar, I won't make you pay attention, but I will ask you about Tim Means versus Kevin Holland. Now, this is an interesting one as well. Tim Means you, you talk about Sam Alvey being a guy who kind of loses a lot but is still valuable. Tim Means is a guy who's actually gotten some pretty good wins, but like He's a real measuring stick. If you can't beat Tim Means, you have no hope in this division. Uh, But he's not easy to beat. So if you can beat him, you actually might go pretty far.
1: Dude, I like this matchmaking a lot. While Kevin Holland did bounce back from that losing skid that sort of, you know, he found his ceiling. He leveled out after that hot 2020 pandemic, you know, sort of kicked the door open. So nice comeback win against Cowboy Oliveira. But Kevin Holland still has to show us something. Means on a three-fight win streak, is that... The Dirty Bird is that difficult out, you know, long arms, clean counter striker, tough as nails, can handle himself on the ground. I like the the style contrast and sort of what's at stake uh, in, in this one, just like as I like, you know, anytime jo- Joaquin Buckley's going to show up on the card, Luke, and New Manza may have been unable to secure that, uh... Who did he go after, Darren Till and, um, Chumaev, and they acted like they didn't know who he was, Luke?
2: Yeah, they were like, we don't know who the fuck that is, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's, faking, he's taking on Albert Duraev here, Luke, but, uh... Buckley, look, his a uh, his he has won four of five, Luke. Okay, and and he does spectacularly knock people out. Uh, I, I'm saying even though he's got that that loss to Kevin Holland immediately after the famous knockout he had against uh, Kasangane. I'm still thinking there's something here on Buckley, Luke. He hasn't done enough to show us really either direction, you know what I'm saying, whether he's just a flashy guy or whether there's long-term potential. He's shown a little bit of both, but he's won more than he's lost. So anytime he shows up on the card, I'm interested in seeing the development because there is a lot, you know – explosiveness, athleticism to work with. I think he's just working on ironing and out a bit. I don't think you're real high on New Manza, but you may have to start being, Luke, because he's coming on, okay?
2: Uh, I am high on him, but you just kind of changed the subject from the Holland and Means fight. But yes, I am high on him. I would also say the guy he's fighting... Albert Duraev, I've heard nothing but good things about, and he's got back-to-back wins over Bittencourt and then Kabbalov, which, again, is not on the same level, I think, as what Buckley has done, but it's a real question of can Buckley stop the takedown or not, and if he does get taken down, to what extent does Duraev have tremendous ground and pound? I guess we're going to have to see, but... Um, he's he's been extremely impressive himself, so that's a great, dude, that's another great dude, fight on you're this
1: you're right, this prelim card has so many, I kind of have to tune in early moments on it, you know?
2: Yeah, so Adrian Yanez, friend of the show, I suppose, taking on Tony Kelly, you might remember, he's a very good fighter, Tony Kelly, but he was the one that called the other person a dirty Brazilian, and Caused the whole controversy. Yeah, it's uh, tough cor- when
1: that becomes your your calling card. Like, oh, that's the risen guy. I got you know. I'm still trying to erase
2: that, Luke. Okay, <laughs> I, I see that. I'm still the guy that John Jones said he didn't like. So believe me, <laughs> I have to live that one down all the time too. Um, Eddie Wineland taking on Cody Stamen is another one that's actually pretty good. I thought Dude. Eddie Wineland might be done. Cody Stamen's a really good bantamweight, so that one could get interesting. And Stamen
1: has been at a higher level and has you know has gotten sunned a bit here. He needs to bounce back, so this seems like the right matchmaking to see you know exactly where he's at. But Luke, I got it circled. Uh, it's it's in the women's flyweight division, and oh, you know Jasmine Jasdevicious, who not only has a Lithuanian sounding name, but you know works with uh, Faraz Sahabi and in the old team gsp camp and luke you know she's got a little bit of something you know god is better than nothing right and and in the color portrait world i'm sure she believes that she's got it all but you know from that victory on the dana white series into transitioning into full-time competition there seems to be a long-term something there luke size accuracy intention uh she's a good fighter this will be another test on that journey taking on natalia
2: silva do you have anything to say about this matchup luke i can't believe how much you like matchbox 20 Really is where I come down on this. I cannot believe how much you like Matchbox. You know, here's the, the thing. Match, we haven't talked about this. The I amount mean, of times you give like a Counting Crows or even like a you know Sublime reference, I sort of get Okay Matchbox I'm gonna stand 20. by
1: I'm gonna stand by the first three Counting Crows albums, but in particular the first one, and be like, look, they're the nineties answer to Van Morrison. They're absolutely legit. I will not stand by Matchbox 20 the same way, Luke, because they're sort of like you know, drive, th- McDonald's drive through pop country mixed together. But, but under the house of nostalgia, under the let me put on a song to make it feel like it used to feel in the 90s, you can't tell me, along with Third Eye Blind, that Matchbox 20 doesn't hold a piece of your heart. I'm not saying the music stands the test of time, but Luke, you put on 3 a.m., you put on um, Push, you know, Long Day. You put on any of those jams off that that yourself or someone like me album. I'm sorry, Luke. They're taking you right the fuck back to 1997. There's nothing you can do about it. It holds up, okay? It's not great music. I started a brand new
2: high school in 1997 at, in, when I was 16 or 17. I don't want to go back to yeah, 1997. It's funny
1: you would say that because I got DM'd by two different people this week saying, "Why doesn't Luke love Georgia enough?" Meaning not not the not the nation in in Euro I'm talking about the state of Georgia. To put that flag on his body, huh? Dude, and Georgia's, I'm like, Georgia sucks. I'm like, yo, get in line behind India under the homelands. Lucas has been, you know, been avoiding lately. I mean, listen, okay?
2: if you, if there's, there's every, uh, listen, Savannah, for example. So have you ever been to Savannah, Georgia? You've no. Ever been there, no. It's a tremendous place. I mean, I couldn't say more good things about it. It is beautiful. Is it better this than amazing... Charleston, South
1: Carolina? Because I hear that's
2: it's... a tremendous. So I would put those two neck and neck. They're okay. they're they're Charleston might be a little bit better at this point, but they're very very close. They're they're almost equivalent in that sense. So if you have like Charleston in your mind and how awesome that is, Savannah is right there and vice versa. So that that part is true. But like, dude, like yeah, people... I love slavery history. Let's do it. No, Luke, it's not that's... even that. It's not even that, dude. It's like old French history and stuff. But the 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 bigger part is like for me i found everything there suffocating and awful it was full of like hardcore evangelicals in my high school um ju- you know i i just I just everything was strip malls everywhere you could go i didn't like the life there i didn't like the people yeah hey, i was happy to get the fuck out of georgia i can worked, tell you that worked
1: for douglas lima
2: worked for, yeah, it works for it works for a lot of people it just didn't work for me and i was i and i and i lived in i lived in nashville georgia valdosta georgia and then marietta georgia so i had a nice taste of both upper and lower georgia yeah didn't get better no matter where you go for me so it was b- many nice people there if you're watching this from georgia you might have a great life good for you it wasn't for me do I you like
1: because you are a respecter of well-run clean cities that offer a lot do you like atlanta because i've i've known to enjoy atlanta luke
2: I, 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 like any every other big city atlanta's got some charm it's got some charm but you know their metro system sucks it's called marta it's no good it's heavily segregated um yeah, no, it's not. It's not uh, on my list of like top ten cities. I don't know if I'd put Atlanta there in the United States. I'll put okay. it that way. But again, they've got the Varsity, which is a great burger chain. If you have ever been there, so
1: they got that. that going for him. Shout out to Russell and his wife who got married with Elvis while wearing an MK sweatshirt. Love those.
2: Love those. People, I've said this I before, dude. I had a teacher in high school who we we were. He looked me dead in the face and he goes, um, "The devil created monkeys to trick man into believing into uh, evolution," and I was like. I think I need to get the fuck out of here. I think that's what I need to do. So, I did. Uh, All right. With that out of the way. Can I tell you
1: a true story? I don't want to break. Hold on,
2: real quickly. Phil Haas also takes on Duran Wynn on this card. Another great fight.
1: There was a gentleman. He's an MK fan, okay? He's from Doha. And he goes, you know, I hear BC, you harping all the time. uh, Luke won't give love to, to India, his home nation. He won't even mention them. He's like, no, I was born in American sovereign territory. Bitch, you were inside the city limits of country limits there of India. Okay. But he's from Doha. He's like, forget, forget Luke ever, you know, representing what, what, what our culture brought to his life. You know, he said, and he never did it, Luke. He was, he was like, can you give me the address to the MK studios? I want to send you BC traditional cutter men's headwear.
2: And I yeah, dude, responded, that's, uh, that's an HR problem. I responded. I, mean, I said, look,
1: is it racist if I wear this as a tribute to Doha because Luke is unwilling to recognize his past? If I do that on the air, he said, I am from this part. I am. This is my culture. It is an honor for you to do that. Luke, I check. You heard me. I checked the mailroom when I got to the building on Monday. No, no, no headdress. What would your reaction have been, Luke? If I'm willing to honor something, your land.
2: Something between sadness and horror. <laughs> Luke, it would have been done out of respect, just so you know, okay? I don't think you know how to do that for people who aren't actually American. Uh, but I don't rep that because I was like six months old when I lived there. Like, what is that? I don't I don't know shit about that. You
1: turned Damn. your back on them once they they paid all that money to get the
2: World Cup there, Luke? You're like, forget this. this yeah, land. I'm not watching yeah. the World Cup this year either. Um for many you're like, many reasons. You're like All I right. refuse to buy stereos that weren't built in the US. Well, I mean, listen, the supply chains of the world make everyone somewhat morally culpable, but the World Cup this year is a unique evil. I just that can't. Is true. I can't. I mean, would you
1: say the, the same about the 08 Beijing Olympics or are we going in the wrong direction here, Luke? Okay?
2: I didn't I don't know. I didn't pay enough attention at the time. So I, I mean, everyone everyone is compromised. Everyone has something Including going me, on Luke. where they can't maintain Proper standards. I'm not telling anyone else what to do. If they want to watch the World Cup, watch it, and I won't judge you for it. I'm just telling you. I remember when they were building those stadiums there, and like the the massive amount of deaths and injuries of just outright abuse of poor people, especially from um, Nepal and other places. Uh, you know, living in these horrible sweatshop can do, I just couldn't yes. do it. I just, I can't do it.
1: I Luckily can't. for I, us, the only one who died in building MK was Jay Aaron Luke, or at least his career. But you know, we had a good
2: run. Yes, but yeah. and his death wasn't even noble. It was, just, it was just <laughs> gone. All right. Topic number two, BC. Uh, probably oh, a podcast you, No, no you talk to. about
1: former Golden Boy MMA star Deron Wynn coming back against Phil Haas. That's a good fight, Luke.
2: It's a very good fight. Phil Haas had a lot of problems, but kind of rebounded, kind of not. He's definitely improved a lot since his loss to Julian Marquez on Dana White's Contender Series. He definitely has gotten better. And how about
1: the I curtain think... jerker? First fight of the night on the prelims. Kyle Dawkins against Roman Delizze. Isn't that the guy who was hanging out with um, with Cheyenne Valismas over in... Uh...
2: Over in Europe there, Luke? Literally, the only reason you know who Roman Delazzi is is not because he's fought in the UFC a couple times or more than that even. It's just because he has a connection to Cheyenne Vlismas. That's really the only reason you know who he is. I'm just going to point that out. All right, if you're done, we can move on to topic number two. Yes, let's do that. Yes, All right, go ahead, Luke. BC, on a podcast that I am certain you subscribe to on the Kurt Angle show, Ronda Rousey was on. And I guess she, he, she was asked, excuse me, under what condition would you ever go back to MMA. And here's what she said, quote, there's only one person I would come back for. I've said it a million times. It's not like it's something new, but for Gina, Gina Carano, she's the reason why I got into fighting. She's the reason why I knew it was a possibility. I will always be forever grateful. If she was ever like, Rhonda, I want to fight you tomorrow, 205 pounds, like whatever the hell she wants. I'm not saying she's 205 pounds. I'm Sure, she's very svelte. If she wanted to come into my backyard and do the Rocky thing or, you know, ding-ding, we can just go in the backyard. I don't care. I will fight Gina wherever she wants, even if she doesn't want to forever, leave that offer there. It's a respect thing, not an FU thing. I'm com- not like I'm coming to get you. It's just like, hey, if you ever want to pull that card, it's there. I love her. Thank you, Gina, for everything you've done. Level of interest on a Gina Carano Ronda Rousey fight.
1: Look, it's easy to rip this, and everybody is is sort of going like, come on, Carano's 40. She fought last, like, you know when this was barely a sport, right? You know, and then sort of the first major, major all eyeballs on. And shout out to Showtime and, you know, CBS for being a big part of that behind the scenes, strike Strikeforce, Scott Coker and company. But the whole point is, Luke, yeah, I'd be interested at the end of the day because I think this is, like, we're, Luke, James Tony versus Randy Couture, CM Punk versus Mike Jackson. Like, dude, we're going to get to a point where we're going to look back at Those are sort of like the same dinosaurs we see of, you know, Keith Hackney punching Joe San in the balls 50 times in a row. Like, sort of like, uh, I think we're, you know, Wesley Snipes versus Joe Rogan in the UFC. Like, we're not going to do that shit anymore. This is a professional operation that has an ESPN and Disney behind them. But I do think this is probably the last of the Mohicans in that category. This would be an absolute freak fight, yet I believe the mainstream would full bore... Uh, attached themselves to this, even even just the Rousey comeback story alone from the two knockouts and the I wouldn't say disgraced exit, but you know the the, the you know went through some hard times after that and and maybe didn't handle it all perfectly, dude. Um, yeah, it, because Luke, it is a they're so far past it. I don't even know if Corano has interest by the way, and and but they're so far past this mentally and physically. That I think it would be a. I, I kind of have to see what it looks like. So yeah, at the end of the day, Luke, we can all act like oh, dismiss this shit. I don't need it, dude. We'd all be there. Do you think the UFC would, would do this? They don't really do this kind of shit anymore. Would they do this? Then again, they just had Nick Diaz fight last year. What am I talking about? Of dude, course they had they're gonna CM do this.
2: Punk fight not too long ago either. Of yeah. course they would do this. Yeah, they, yeah I right. mean they wouldn't. Here's the thing about UFC: they won't do this regularly. They won't do this every year. They'll do something like this every once in a while. So I absolutely believe that they would do it. Um, It'd be stupid. I tell you what, you know, it's kind of funny. I'd actually be more interested in this if it was BKFC. And the reason why is because as long as it's MMA, you know, Ronda, faded or not, she's a better athlete than Gina, and she's certainly a much better grappler. She would just have her way with her, I think, even if she's a little bit smaller. Yeah, what what weight would they do? What would they do, like, open weight? Would this be the first UFC women's heavyweight fight, Luke? Like, one, well, you know... I'm not even sure, 150-ish, something like that, probably, somewhere in that. I mean, if Ronda fought 130, how high would she be willing to go? Probably around that. Um, but she would still mop the floor with her, I'm I'm fairly confident. And so it wouldn't be all that fun. However, however, if it's BKFC, one, you don't have to worry about the freak show element. Dude, you're not just-
1: taking two beautiful women and putting them in bare-knuckle fighting. Come on. they Why not? Th- because they got out of fighting for separate reasons and had separately, you know impressive careers outside of the world of taking punches to the face. And now they're just going to come back and, oh, on top of that, we're going to fight bare knuckle. Come on, dude. They're not doing that shit. What are you talking about? They're going to come back. They're going to fight. To your point, the fight's going to last. I'm I'm, I'm not
2: saying that's what they're going to do. You understand that, right? I'm simply saying I would like it more. I'm saying
1: it's not even... it's not even a conversation it's the same conversation of hey would you guys be in an adult movie together
2: about a theoretical preference i would have of course i Dude, can. but i'm saying yes,
1: it's, not say even, it's not even it's not even they wouldn't even remotely i'm not See, are you that.
2: under the impression i am suggesting this is a real possibility or i'm, an trying, to, I'm, I'm trying, trying to i'm trying to gauge your
1: once again you're questioning my questioning your integrity luke look i'll challenge your integrity every single day of the week
2: yeah i know because you're a bad faith actor when it comes to that dude i'm just telling you what i would like more if it were possible and if if it were possible it would be more interesting to me if it was bkfc versus mma that's it that's all i'm saying
1: all right i do agree with you that it would be short look i i have a hard time not comparing this to to g to matt hughes versus hoist gracie in yes. what 2008 2007 yes. ish when Something it was like, like yeah it was it was you know and hughes had some more in the tank of course but it was it was like What the hell is this going to look like? You know, I think it would be that type of freak show. And I think it would end just as sort of weird and gross. And and to to back your opinion, Rousey takes her down. And I mean, she could put on arm bars on people who haven't been fighting in her sleep. Correct, Luke? I mean, like, you know, yes.
2: The difference in grappling ability is significant. Gina would obviously be a little bit bigger. So that does sort of cancel out a little bit. But you know, if you don't think Ronda has thrown people a lot bigger than her, I I guarantee you she has. By the way, is Ronda back? I thought. Where is Ronda with WWE? I see her sometimes back. She's not back. What is what's going on there? Do you know? She took she took a long break to to uh, give
1: birth, and she came back. I think it was last year. To mixed results, I think she came back at or no maybe it was WrestleMania this year. Either way, she's back at it in a. I'm not watching week to week, so I can't speak with full clarity here, but I think it's more of a part time ish role. but but, um, you know, she she's she's cringe on the mic, but, you know, physically she can go, Luke. And um uh, dude, how big would it be? because there are there are other question. audiences. I mean, you know, like as much as you want to say about Corona's politics, if you don't agree, or that topless photo a couple years ago on Instagram, um, people care about her. People care about the Mandalorian. Like, you know, she's in. Isn't she in some, like, cowboy horror movie with Cowboy Cerrone coming up?
2: Yeah, but it's Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire Studios. Like, it's, it's yeah, really sad. Okay, it's not. I'm saying
1: people would care. They would care a lot. So yes, how much would that. they care? So the how question much would is, they actually care?
2: BC, yes or no, true or false. Carano versus Rousey, or Rousey versus Carano, however you want to stage it, does a million pay-per-view buys if promoted correctly.
1: Yes, my question to flip that back to, to the validity of this actually being a thing is not only do you need the willingness of both women to potentially take a hard L on the bright stage again, of course, and I'm sure Rousey, like we're saying, believes that this would be you know the easiest fight she could take, so it probably would make sense that this is the only fight she'd come back for. I get that. But you'd have to pay them not typical UFC main event money, Luke. They're not coming back for a million. You know what I'm saying? Like that, oh, right. Like these are... These are stars like like Rousey has maintained a level of stardom through her her, you know, post UFC uh, vehicles that she's been a part of. And Carano obviously is, you know, as famous in a, in a whole in a whole different audience than she ever was originally, to be fair, you know, or more famous in a lot of ways. So she's certainly controversial. That's too. You would have to pay them the money that you're not willing to pay <laughs> to pay John Jones to fight at heavyweight. Right. Look.
2: I think you might be onto something there. Also, the other weird part is just an actuality, right? So let's say that they did book this fight. They came off their pockets for like a one-time thing. They did the impossible. we talked talking about how it would have to be promoted correctly. Do would Ronda ever do a press conference? Would she ever like would she ever seriously put herself in a position where she had to answer unscripted questions about the Nunez loss or about the Holly Holm loss? Um, let I don't me think ask.
1: She would dude? Who's doing the interview? Ramona Shelburne or or who? Right. You know what I mean? Like right. who who's allowed to talk to her? Luke. That's the first question.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Could be interesting. Honestly, they might do it if they get a little not desperate because they're not desperate, but like. What do you put the chances of something like that happening? I'm going to put it less than I'll say ten percent ish. Something like I that.
1: have I have legitimate like what what is what would Corano gain here,
2: Luke? Big paycheck. Um, I think here's the thing: it's like we live in this polarized world. She punted on a Star Wars future for her values. I, I would say her values are somewhat ridiculous, but she did. I wonder if the UFC machine through this athletic contest could Uh, revive her brand revive her brand not to the people who still like her because again it got kind of split but maybe to the people that lost their way with her a little bit yeah
1: yeah no i I think that's fair if she has those type of intentions to you know because you have to know what is she looking at she looked at it like you said she made a decision based on beliefs and she was willing to stick by that but she also was getting pretty far as a sort of surprise
2: Hollywood yes. run, Dude, you know, she was great on The Mandalorian, she was right. Really I mean, good she was
1: in the Fast and the Furious, like, she's done a lot of things post Strike Force, you know, and, and it's built and she's gotten higher with each one. I'm not saying this Cowboy Cerrone movie is going anywhere, but you get my point. Um, I wonder, okay, that that does bring me back if she's willing to take a potential loss, and maybe she thinks to herself, okay, I get some, you know, I get put in an arm bar, big deal, right? I tap, right?
2: Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's okay. not. It's not, there's there's some possibility there. It seems unlikely, the Problem but- is,
1: Chris Cyborg is going to be pissed off if this happens, Luke. Okay, yeah, right?
2: That's true. That's a good point. Chris Cyborg, would be like, what the fuck, bro? What else do All I have right. to do to get this? You know, yeah, come on. All right. Topic number three, BC. We have it officially. They announced it on Saturday. We never really got around to it, but it's sort of worth pointing out. Kamara Usman, it's official versus Leon Edwards. This will be set for August twentieth, UFC two seventy eight. I believe this is going to be in Salt Lake City, which is <laughs> kind of funny that they're going there, but okay. Neither here nor there. So Leon spoke to, first of all, your reaction to them putting this fight finally together late August. They wanted to have an international fight week. Kamaru's hand wasn't ready. Do you have a, what's your sense of anticipation around this bout? Kamaru Usman, our pound-for-pound best. Leon Edwards, certainly a very deserving, worthy contender. You can't say he's not, but they fought once before. It wasn't especially close. Do you have a lot of feeling that this one might be different in a lot of ways? I
1: think it'll end up being a fight that'll surprise us because we all think the same thing you said like oh yeah i guess they kind of had to do this i don't love it i saw the first one but look they're both much different fighters that first fight was seven years ago right i mean they are much different fighters now my whole point of this is look leon edwards deserved this so if he didn't get it here luke if they had pushed him aside for Chamayev or for whatever flavor of the moment there um you would have to, have to ask yourself, like, what else would that man have to do? I mean, he was willing to fight Nate Diaz, right? And he, and he, you know, and he fought through the the hell of the final round and he got to this point. The win streak's been long. Uh, I think it's the right fight to make. Salt Lake City's an interesting backdrop for it, as you mentioned. But, you know, Usman's going to be 36 really soon. Right. How many more times is he going to make that walk? And, um, this feels like he's doing it maybe because he has to. Maybe, you know, okay, do this one. Then we'll try to explore the big fights that you're kind of interested in. But I don't think it's going to excite anyone until it happens. And then you're going to go, well, you know, Leon Edwards is a much better fighter from that
2: point. Let's see what he can do. I think
1: it's going to look a little interesting, Luke. I do,
2: right? Also, you, to your point about Camaro's wrestling, like, you know, he's obviously a phenomenal athlete. We know how good he is. But to your point, also being 36... Does he? St- and I'm sure he does still have a great motor. I would favor him to win. I'm going to favor him to win. But I do wonder, you know, he's obviously sh- been striking a lot more. Some of that is probably a- because he's a lot better at it. But also there's a lot of energy preservation, like the wrestling style that he was incorporating early in his UFC run. That is taxing as shit, and that's easy to do when you're 28, not so much easy to do when you're 35, 36. I'd be curious to see exactly how much the wrestling figures into the equation here and what that might say about the present state or what's left of his championship ability. Absolutely.
1: And look, he's the type of competitor, I believe, Luke, who's... He was at a point now where it's like, why do I go back to that? I've already proven what I can do in wrestling. I'm trying to show you that I'm the pound for pound king and one of the all time greats. I'm going to come out here and beat this guy at what he does. And if that's the case, this is going to be an interesting fight, Luke, because, you know, I don't think Edwards is going to be a huge finishing threat against him, but Edwards can win rounds with activity and technique and and speed. And and, and he's, you know, he's not going to be easy to pick up. And, uh, there, there could be some fun moments here in terms of like, we are like, wow, did Kamara do enough to win that round? Um, will he start shooting if he needs to? The, these are some of the things where I think the time has made this, this matchup different. And I think that's going to be intriguing, even though commercially we can't act like anyone's excited about this. They're not. Look, be fair. They're not. They're not.
2: No, I don't think it has a whole lot of commercial buzz, but it's an important fight. And again, Leon Edwards has earned this twice over. You got to give it to him. And so... I understand why it's happening. Now, it is interesting, BC. Leon told Ariel Hawani on the MMA Hour, speaking about Jorge Masvidal, the whole three-piece in the soda or whatever it was, quote, when I win the belt, I'll give him the title shot. That would be a fantastic fight in the UK. Bring it back to the 0-2 where it happened for the title. That's what I want to do after this. I'll offer it to him. I'll offer it to him if it happens in the UK for sure. My dream scenario would be to bring it back to London and headline London. I've never gotten the opportunity to headline London. First, I was supposed to do it with Woodley. Remember, that fell out because of the pandemic then that got canceled because of covid so i've always wanted to come back and uh, home and do it first of all I would love to see a title if he wins he should get a title fight in london i would very much agree with that in part because london is just red hot for a combat sports market and also it would be a, a very fun deserving thing for him but i got to tell you my interest in seeing the masvidal fight at this point is i'm not going to say zero that's not quite right but i don't is it high on your list of priorities if if he wins no, the belt? It's not high at all, Luke. It's really not. It's really, I feel like Masvidal the window for that it. one kind of closed a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, it did. And in, in Masvidal's in a different spot in his career. Edwards is a better fighter by far and, and, and should be looking for more. But, you know, if he lost this fight against Usman and that money fight's available, they'd probably still make it. But, Luke, how many more UFC fights do you think Masvidal has? I know he re-signed, and maybe that was part of UFC putting him on paper for a long time, giving him job security so he doesn't go over and box Jake Paul. Right. but. Right. You know how many more fights before? I mean, if he keeps matching himself huge, he's going to take L's, right? Uh, you know, does is it is should Jorge be fighting against other old guys and absolute bangers at this point?
2: I'm not sure to how his struck his, his it, it, the way his contract works will define the matchmaking, right? I mean, because if the there's significantly greater financial rewards depending on how they match you, then you're going to just go for those, especially if you're at the end of your career where you really want to maximize whatever's left. I'm going to say a handful or less, five or less. Right? That unreasonable reasonable to you? Okay, because, you know, he's a perfect candidate for BKFC. In fact, he'd be the biggest star they ever had. Oh, he, and dude, their, their, their market presence in Florida, he would sell that bitch out quickly. I just he don't should know merge
1: icon now. fighting networks with that. Luke, you're um, frozen on my Zoom screen here. Is this what the rest of the world's seeing?
2: You're, I don't think... I don't know. Uh, BC, disapp- take over. I need to restart Luke's live view. All right, yeah, there Luke's you go. Luke's
1: going to get his restart here. Look at that disapproving look by Luke. It's like, you know, you could just come out with a banger of a great joke, and Luke's just like, really? Really, BC? i work hard to retain my integrity and, and pronounce Israel's last name. Now, Rousey's last name, I don't give a fuck about that. You know what I mean? Right? You know? like right? Half the other guy's last names, but uh, Izzy. I'm going to nail that. No. So that's Luke. Count. That... Yeah. 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 So uh, there we go. There we go. Um,
2: Luke is oh, back. There we go. I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. And I'm back straight up like Rakim. All right. BC, I know this one has uh, your pants around your ankles. No, it's not two women fighting that BC has some kind of bizarre incel crush on. Instead, <laughs> wow. it's two absolute demons. Jose Aldo versus Dewalish Wheelie. I think that's how it's pronounced is in the works, apparently, for August 20th. That would also be that UFC 278 card. Now, there was a movement to kind of get him a title shot already based on his winning, but BC, I got to tell you, and you go first here, I absolutely love this fight. Do you?
1: Yes, I do, and what's awesome is that, you know, Davalish Wheelie at number six, Aldo at three, it's not that this fight was never you know, in the in the universe of, of of likely or talked about, I just don't feel like anybody was talking about it. We were sort of linking Aldo's names in other avenues. Luke, this is the fight Marab needs, you know, the the, the name he needs at this time on his resume to catapult himself into, into that direct title conversation. And for Aldo, it's like, okay, you know, you want to be at this level. Could we have put you in against Dillashaw? Maybe. Uh, but I think, again, I think the fact that Aldo... Just fought for a title and lost badly does sort of slow down the need to to speed him into one at the moment. The problem with that is you got to beat Hammers. You know you got you got to earn your spot in the rankings. Like they're making Jose work here. But Luke style contrast wise, this is a hell of a fight, dude. I mean, can Marab gas him? Uh, we saw Davalos Wheelie get get tuned up in the first round against what's his name, Luke. Remember that crazy fight? Was that against Marlon Moraes? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, Jose can have moments here. Jose can fit. I mean, this is going to be wild and it's got so much value to it in this title picture. And I thought it was interesting that this is the direction they went, but for a fight that I really hadn't thought about all that much. Yeah, dude. Appointment viewing. Like, like you remember that, that the, the thing I would always bring to, to the stag parties, right? Uh, the bag o porn yes you know it sounds ridiculous right and you know you go to a good I don't know if they do stag parties anywhere but Connecticut but it's a fucking thing here like you don't even need to know the person who has the stag party somebody's just like hey you buy a ticket for my buddy and for 20 bucks it's all the beer you can drink and a, and a you know a buffet of shady food I mean it's great but look these these pre- these uh these gifts in the raffle you'll there could be a PlayStation and there could be golf clubs there could be like box seats to the Red Sox game. But, dude, you go to the right industrial town and you drop bag porn in there, it don't matter how much it costs to put that together. Those old guys will grab that shit first and then start passing it around. Then there'll be a convention in the corner of the stag hall of these guys, you know, read. I mean, it's dude, this is bag bag bago, awesome. Like, all the way. You can see the similarities. I like how some
2: people show up to the stag party. It's like, yo, I got box seats for the Sox uh, game. It's like, oh, I got uh, tickets to the floor of the Knicks. And then you show up, you're like, I've got Captain Stabbing. (laughs) Who's interested?
1: <laughs> I mean, the key to to, be, to making the bag of porn idea work, to be honest, to be fair, is to get the, the most ridiculous, grossest magazines you can find. And then in, like, obscene lettering, write in giant letters, bag dash O dash, you know, the rest, Luke. And something about that, it just charms old men. You know what I mean?
2: Gross. Old men. But yes, old <laughs> the
1: kind men that don't know thing. there is an internet, Luke, okay? Those type of old
2: men, you know? Let me just say this. If you look, getting back to Marab very quickly, we see, folks may not remember this. He lost his first two UFC fights. He lost to Frankie Signs and Ricky Simone. Uh, Ricky Simone, obviously, a very good fighter. But since then, he beat Terry on Ware, Brad Katona, Casey Kenny. This is where it starts to turn. Gustavo Lopez, and in his last three, John Dotson, Cody Stamen, who's on this card this weekend, and then Marlon Moraes in the last fight. And as you indicated, yeah. a bit of a tough first round, but dude, he came back. He had would you agree? People talk about who's got the best cardio in, in MMA. It, it it's probably Marab. I've never seen someone who can have that high an amount of output that long, especially when he's using it in the way that he like scrambling and wrestling yeah. all the fucking it, it, time. He's amazing. You like to use that
1: term weaponizing the cardio. This guy's, you know, he's he's got all the way. I mean, the, the way he's able to do that, he might. Mu- I mean, look, there, you know, there's certainly a few guys in, that are champions in the top 10 pound for pound, you know, Usman included, who we can talk about. High motors, incredible output over five rounds, you know, fight at a high level. But yeah, I'd like to see when this guy starts moving up to full time five rounders, how much that that, you know, raises him to another level. Because obviously he can wrestle, and, and, you know, I mean, where is his striking at? I mean, he took some damage against Marais, Luke. But that's that's been the
2: knock on him. His cardio is always, like, out of this world. I really don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it. On the other hand, you would have to agree, the rest of his game, it's coming along in the striking department, but it's very much unpolished. Conversely, Jose is a sniper when he needs to be. So in many ways, it's a bad matchup. But if Marab can hang on and force Jose to work... Could get interesting. Could get interesting.
1: Oh yeah, give me that. You know what I mean? Give me that. When is that? Where is that? August.
2: August twentieth, Salt Lake City. Same card as Leon, and uh, again, it's it's not. In, it's in the works. It's not signed, but it's in the works for that UFC two seventy eight card. So okay. it could be big.
1: Hey, dude. By the way, just to get people excited about life, because I think you should all pause and you know smell the green grass once in a while. This summer into early fall for both it's combat sports, it's from insane. the standpoint of appointment viewing, right? I mean, I could just name things like Joshua Usyk 2, Spence Crawford, right? Like I can name things like that in boxing, where you're like, "Oh, okay, BC's right." But Luke, the potential of all these other great matchups mixed with like, is John Jones going to debut fighting for the heavyweight title to close this year? Like, there is so much. Damn, this is. I mean, what a, what a year, what a time. Luke, we picked a great great time to launch this show and become the best thing that ever happened to combat sports fans.
2: We picked a great time, right? We really did. I hope they appreciate that. I
1: mean, when's McGregor back? Name the month. Name name it, Luke. Na- s- please send me a location. When is he coming back? Tell me. Who? Conor McGregor. It's going to matter, Luke. Oh,
2: yeah. That part, I'm not so sure. I- I'm going to guess fall to, like, winter, to be honest with you. Okay. If this year at all, to be, to, be, to be clear. All right, BC, let's get to some quick hitters here. This is kind of interesting. Uh, Misha Tate wants the Valentina Shevchenko fight. And, of course, of course, she has to get through lauren Murphy at UFC two seventy six which, as we know is a, a big task, but believes believes excuse me, she already has the blueprint to beat her i 'm going to read some <laughs> of these quotes here in just a second, but as I pull it up b c your reaction to this news, do you agree Misha Tate, based on what you saw Tyla Santos do, would be more of a threat than perhaps you would ordinarily imagine just sort of reading their names on paper? yeah, what like
1: I take her saying this at face value. With a, with a little bit of a grain of salt because she said the same exact thing about wanting to come back and rematch Amanda Nunes and even though, you know, it went very badly for her at UFC 200 to lose the title, um, I, you know, it sounds like something to make herself confident and inflate her. But obviously the timing of this after the Santos fight for Valentina but also the Jennifer Mayo fight, to be fair, the only person at this weight class who's been able to do anything against her, it, it sells the potential of this fight better, Luke, for sure. I don't think it actually means all that much, and maybe that's me discounting what I really feel this version of Tate's true value is. And because part of that, Luke, is I got to see what she looks like at one twenty-five. She was a brick coming back at one thirty-five. Can not she shed that that weight or potential muscle easy without any issue? And on top of that, she's got a, a an opponent that's hard to be great against, and Lauren Murphy, who's tough, big good in just about every category at this level not the valentino level i mean that 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 did not go well but uh at this level it's going to be a tough out so still a lot that that misha's got to do but i don't know i mean look do, could you see, do i see misha wrestling so successfully that she's in a spot to win a decision against Valentina, I, I still say no, Luke. And I know that you know there's a gr- there's some growing embers of people saying, "Hey, BC, you know we heard that bid. You're the you know you're the third lost Sebchenko sibling. You're, you're the older brother, right? Which which is you know we're gonna have to Sigmund Freud a lot of you know the 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 archives of this yeah, show hey, for Luke sure. Walker. Um, but you know the point is you know you you man you went ham on defending Valentina in the scoring. Of the fight on Saturday, and you won't stop protecting this lady.
2: Did I? But, I thought I was just being. I, but I also, thought Santos had a case for it. I'm just. I, I also, just, I'm
1: right. Also, I'm right
2: here, Luke. I mean, she's gonna she's gonna beat up
1: Misha. But do I? Would I like that fight? Would it? Would it sell? Yes, and yes, Luke.
2: Okay. Uh, This is what Misha said, quote, the worst part is I already knew this, uh, Tate said. Now the rest of the world knows it. I already believe this. I didn't want Valentina to look any less indestructible. I wanted her to stay where everybody thought she was so unbeatable because I already knew I could do that. So for me, it's kind of like, ah, it's been shown. Now people are going to believe in me more to be able to do it. I didn't want that. I wanted to be the massive underdog. I wanted everybody to count me out. I wanted nobody to think Misha Tate, five years retired, two kids, coming back two and one in the UFC, would be able to take out Valentina Shevchenko, but now I think people can see a little bit of what I've been saying, hold some water. I don't know if that benefits me, but either way, the game plan hasn't changed. Take that for what it's worth.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you agree with me that 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 this would it would be a long night for Misha against Valentina?
2: Or a short one. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's an uphill climb. I, I do recognize that she could definitely make it interesting and i do think if she got the takedown she might be able to do something really great with it shivchenko has not shown herself to be a pretty dynamic scrambler that is one thing i do think is a weakness in her game she does have good takedown defense and she has very good takedowns scrambling is a little weak it's a little weak relatively speaking um, is it
1: fair to say that although misha was impressive in her comeback in terms of physically in terms of like still got a mode you know still wants it I don't think she's evolved, you know, with the sport on the level that she might need to.
2: Yeah, and there also appeared to be even at Bansomweight, there appeared to be a speed issue, which might be exacerbated at 125. I'd be curious That's to see how point. that looks too. Um, now, so there's a lot of questions about her, but I yes, if listen, I'll say this and I, and and it's worth noting, if you beat Lauren Murphy, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, dude, you deserve to fight somebody really special at that point. So yeah. I think if she can get it done, which by the way is hardly automatic, but if she can get it done, that would be no. interesting to, yeah, there to would be attention.
1: no argument against her get, uh, getting it because there's not, that's not a deep pool there and she's a legitimate right. name. And that'd but be also a big win.
2: Lauren Mur- Like Lauren Murphy is a very good fighter. And if you can beat her, then that would say a lot. So
1: Luke, uh- it, maybe you agree with me you block people instantly and if that's what you have to do for sanity i'm not i'm not here to say anything luke you know, you yeah, gotta, I mean, pre- you've got you've got you one this fifth house. the
2: amount of followers and then you're like well why don't you do use twitter like i do it's like because you don't get the same
1: kind i like of that I luke's always got that sword ready to pull just in case he needs. well it's always it, okay? weird when
2: people have like obviously you've got a lot more than this but it's always weird when people lecture me who've got like a thousand followers They're like yeah i talk to everybody it's like dude your Twitter is not like mine yeah. at all. So this is like the
1: common lowest common denominator. Like BC, you fuck chigs. Like come on. Like at the end of the day, you know. Like so. But anyway, Luke, when people come at me in a intelligent way, you know, I, I want to take the criticism seriously. People say, "Hey, BC, to prove that your love of Valentina, whatever the root of it is, whatever the source of it is, is wrong." Is is is, is you, you got the blinders on? How do you score? That fight for Valentino over Tyler, and also score Dillashaw over Sandhagen. Do you think they have a point? Was I exposed there,
2: Luke? You know what? Someone asked me a very similar question, and I think it's a good one. I, I would need to rewatch Sandhagen and, and Dillashaw to be sure, but it is an interesting question. I also people were telling me, oh, uh, you know, ground and pound in, in when you have a controlled position. Um, You're already seeing it. The Russians do a lot of it, which is true. That's a very fair point. And that Aljamain Sterling did it against, who was his last fight, against uh, Peter Yan, but the reality is he did it in round two very effectively. In round three, he didn't do it hardly at all and still won the round, which I think is fair. But if you're actually giving the round to Aljamain Sterling, you're giving it to him based on control. You're not really giving it to him on anything else. That was the majority of what he did, and that was the most effective thing in that round. And so yeah. I think there needs to be just a recognition. I, I keep getting emails from folks being like, if I understand your argument correctly, it's X. And I'm like, that's not my argument. But, the, the, but okay, it's a separate issue. Um,
1: well, you know, I, I want to look at myself in the mirror and, and you know and ask that man to change his ways if needed. And to be fair, you do know T.J. Dillashaw is one of my guys. Everybody, look, you've got your guys, he's a right? Huh? We know your guys. You know my guys, right? It's it's T.J. Dillashaw. It's Rose, J.J. and maybe a lot of more women's flyweights and in, uh, in strawweights. But but in terms of male fighters, Luke, it's T.J. Man, it's my guy. So maybe yeah, yeah. I've got maybe I've got my peaky blinders on, Luke. It's possible.
2: All right, awesome. uh, not a big one here. Hanayaya out of his July 9th fight with Cody Garbrandt. That would have been a fun fight, actually, but um, it is off. Uh, BC, where are you on Mayweather booking another bout with an exhibition bout versus Miku, Mikuru Asakura, I think uh, I'll pull this, the details up here in just a minute, in a boxing bout for Ryzen in September? Do you have, like, a great amount of interest in okay. this? Okay,
1: under the flag of... Like, cool that Mayweather can make this money and command audiences, but like, we're not, we're at the point where we're like, you know, we're not really interested anymore. Could I be more interested in something like this, similar to the one he did a few years ago in Japan, than I would be like the one in Dubai against that guy no one's ever heard of who shouldn't have been in the ring with him, or him against, you know, the, the, some YouTuber who's the son of a billionaire? Yeah. If, if that first fight was on the up and up, and the reason why I say that, Luke, is who was the guy who fought the first time around? Was it also Asakara? It was Tenshin Nasakawa. Not That was it. Excuse me for that. Um, the thing about that was, you either look at that in hindsight as, "Wow, dude, Asikar t- or, or Nasakawa took that way too serious and and you know didn't understand the size difference between them and he came running at Floyd and Floyd sent that guy to hell," or you're the other fifty percent who are certain, Luke, that that was pro wrestling. Either way, that's still a more entertaining reason for me to, you know, queue up a, you know, an international stream than him boxing Don Moore in on a helipad, right? Like, in that regard, like, is there, do you believe the first fight was real? Now, it's not necessarily fair. The first time when Floyd fought Nasakawe fought a 22-year-old kickboxer who was, you know, two to three weight classes smaller than him with so much less experience, was that a legitimate boxing match in your eyes? Looking back.
2: It's a legitimate, I mean, what do you mean by legitimate? Did Did
1: Nasakawa go for broke and think he, you know, because he was crying afterwards, but crying out of, like, upset that he lost and said, you know, he had the same demeanor. I know, I, I'm, this sounds crazy. Do you remember when, um what's that, the, the hot dog guy? Ko, ko, uh, Kobayashi,
2: Kobayashi? Kobayashi
1: t- um, took on that bear in a hot dog eating contest. It was on Fox, on, like, national television. Yes. Remember, like, Fox would have, like, the celebrity boxing with, Todd Bridges and then they'd have this like ridiculous show and you'd get real high on a couch and watch it. Dude, Kobayashi legitimately came there to beat that bear, Luke. And I don't know if you remember what happened. Kobayashi got out to an early lead and then the bear made this large groan and his hand, which was like the size of like three catcher's mitts, scooped up the whole pile and then just dropped them all in his mouth and he swallowed and he won instantly. I mean, he just demolished him. Yo, Kobayashi in the, in the interview afterwards was like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to prove to you. I just miscalculated. You know, like he was like, damn, do you think that's what that Nasakawa fight was? That that guy's like, I'm gonna knock out Floyd Mayweather, I'm going for it. If that's if this is on the real up and up, I actually kinda like this completely under the flag of absolute bullshit. Yes. yes but I kind of I like it. In that it a sense,
2: yes. Yes.
1: Because you're gonna say to yourself, one of these days Floyd's gonna bite off just too much, right? And then you're gonna have something interesting.
2: He's always been so careful not to do that, though. You know, that's like his calling card. Part of what yeah. Floyd is is She's got real keen eye for timing. Um.
0: A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do.
1: The shortage of teachers right now—you um, know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats—it's it's very difficult.
0: There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside, <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org/slash how right now.
2: I don't know. I will say, though, that those, those man versus beast things on Fox, I forget who the gymnast was, but they had a gymnast go up against an orangutan. And yes. you ever seen these gymnasts? They're short, but they're fucking like wildly muscular, right? Strong as an ox. And he's out there stretching and doing his bit. This orangutan looks fat as fuck, digging his finger up his butt and smelling it, you know, just doing absolute nonsense. And they had to race across these monkey bars, and the gymnast is like hauling ass. The orangutan is just looking at him get halfway done, and then in like two fucking movements, just blows past him and beats him. I was <laughs> like, "Bro, orangutans are for real." Um,
1: yeah, like you're, you're like you know he's doing the MK. He's picking his nose, uh, scratching his asshole while while talking on a microphone. All right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Last but not least, we see Ian Ian Gary versus Gabe Green set for UFC 276. This will be July 2nd, of course, at the T-Mobile Arena. This is going to be on the International Fight Week card. Uh, Ian Gary, a very hyped prospect out of Ireland, obviously training now at Sanford MMA. High expectations for this?
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. You and I saw Ian Gary when we were in the gym that day to interview Gilbert Burns. He had a Phoenix Suns jersey on with his name on the back of it, Luke. And uh, he seems to be... Putting things together. So this is a very interesting fight to see his next step up the ladder. I'm into it. And, Luke, can I close with one quick hitter for you? Please. And the sport of boxing, you do know unbeaten junior middleweight contender Sebastian Fundora, correct? Yes, of course. Six foot six, looks like a praying mantis, but takes a licking and keeps on ticking. He, over Hall of Fame weekend in upstate New York, um, said he revealed that he could make welterweight. And, in fact, he could make it without a problem, and here's his quote: "If Errol Spence is looking for a real fight with a towering chance oh, to be dethroned, no no, 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 I'll be there, ready to go. Any welterweight world champion can get burned by the towering inferno. Just ask." End quote. Now you do know he's like polite as shit, so he's yes, saying yes. that with like a smile on his face. But Luke, a six foot six. Welterweight with power and a chin and ridiculously long arms, dude, and pencil legs.
2: Dude, Errol Spence would punch a hole through his stomach. Right, but Are we've been saying me? that
1: about everybody. We're like, oh, this guy will fold him in half, and then he wins, bro. He keeps bro, winning. You th-
2: you think he gives beaten up uh, on the record. Brian Campbell on the record. You think he gives Errol Spence problems?
1: No. In the end, Errol Spence f- knocks him out and wins it, but I don't think it's like – First time they collide, the fight's over. I think there's something there, Luke. There's that's going to be interesting, just like Jermell Charlo one day fighting him. And by the way, dude, Jermell Charlo and uh, Tim Zo, I believe they've agreed behind the scenes to a potential deal to avoid a purse bid like that was made a mandatory. So I think we're uh, we're legitimately on the way to seeing that fight for all four belts at 150. 150- God, God, that's going to be fun. Fight. Tremendous. Yeah, I
2: love that yes. one. I mean, I know, listen, I appreciate Vendora, and I certainly have counted him out before. I wasn't sure he was going to get it done in his last contest, but I think Errol Spence is a completely different... I think Errol Spence would fucking demolish him. Wow. And make, him, make him suffer big time.
1: Also, um, uh, in, in Boxing Trash Talk, uh, Crawford says, Bud Crawford, after he beats Spence, if Jermell doesn't want it at 154, now he's saying he'll fight Jermall, Luke.
2: Damn. He says a lot of things. Let's just fight Spence, and we'll figure it out from there. That's what okay. I would say. thank you, <laughs> thank you Dad. All right. Uh, Luke, every uh, Wednesday at this time,
1: and what a friggin' run. Our fans, our viewers, we've got male viewers, have been on lately, Luke. Fan submissions. Morningcombat at gmail.com. Luke, I was looking back. You know David Appleton? You know him, right?
2: The uh, the French, British we're yeah, like,
1: we we might as well introduce him to W. Kamal Bell right now because a follow-up to the We Need to Talk About Cosby documentary is we need to talk about David Appleton. But, Luke, do you know in this calendar year, wait, whoa, what are you, getting the getting the Apollo hook out in here, putting that up? Do you know in this calendar year, Luke, he also gave us that music video where Appleton played guitar but, like, filmed four different versions and ran them at once where he's holding up pictures of, like, sandusky over his face luke like this guy's gone all in on trying to be our viewer of the year our donk of the year
2: also can i just uh, you're right also i just want to pitch this to the production crew i would love for that intro i know we won't be able to hear it but i would love for the intro to get exactly what bc's talking about someone from the production crew make this part of the fan subs intro get the old aol you've got mail like that old jingle and then have someone at the back end of it just in like a very deep sad incel voice go Viewers, I, I would love to put that together as the intro package for fan subs. Please do that.
1: They should, they should have that ready by next year, Luke. Okay? Thank you very much. <laughs> Shout out to our great team. Uh, the email address, of course, was, as I mentioned, morningcombat at gmail.com. So I don't know, Luke. We got Danger Mouse coming up. We got JP from Nova Scotia. We got the, People are coming for it right now. We you know we're doing we're doing what Dana White's doing. We're underpaying these people and they just want to so badly to show us what they can do that they're like, "Yo, I'll fight through anything," right?
2: Bro, you got to make these guys hungry.
1: Yeah, you, you better make a donkey union if you want to get, you know, recognition and paid. All right, this start we'll start with Sam here. He says, "What's up, fellas? This is a picture of my best friend Schaefer and Ooh. his niece." I bought Schaefer an MK shirt for his birthday this year. He introduced me to your show and is the Luke Thomas to my Brian Campbell, except Pantera is my favorite band, and he's not a huge metal fan, and he's got a better sense of humor than me. We're both big fans of the show and just wanted to send you guys some love. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for making kick-ass merch. Shout-out to RJ Dunkel. This is Sam. Hey, Luke, this guy in the tie-dye looks like a real dad, right?
2: Yo, bro. Bro. You got super dad vibes there. got the little girl, a skateboard. Love to see that. Yeah. He had cool clothes on too. And the, and the MK merch fit with it. How about that, bitches? Like, like
1: you and the late Kobe Bryant, Luke. Hashtag girl dad in the house, right?
2: I mean, we don't have to reference dead people uh, to make those claims. But yeah, you can I, do that. I see dead people, Luke. All right? All right. Yeah, all right. About time I see be- HR calling you. When <laughs> you, chill you That's what I see. <laughs>
1: Okay, Dan is here. He says, hi, guys. Following the remarkable success of my last video, I'm back with a more modest offering. Oh, this is David A., right? Luke, this is Appleton right here. He says, when I'm not going tip-to-tip with former female students or getting my current students drunk in my garden, I like to humiliate them by proving my intellectual superiority. Here I am rocking MK Church uh, merch and Triple Chin while winning the prestigious... St. Jean School Chess Tournament. This photo will be seen by over a thousand people. Absolutely none of them will check out MK, but give me points for trying. Donkingly yours, it's David A. And Luke, he says, P.S. Could he,
2: could he look more British in this photo? I mean, why don't you get more sunburnt, guy? Yeah,
1: <laughs> this rock lobster looks sweaty and guilty, Luke, okay? There's no he question just, about he just, that.
2: He just looks like he's punched a constable at a fucking Arsenal game, yeah. doesn't he?
1: He yeah, looked like he just punched the clown before this, before taking this picture. All right, Luke, P.S., he says, the greatest documentary scene ever could be filmed at my place before UFC Paris. Brian drinking strong Belgian beer on tap in a bar opposite a prison owned by an international sex pest. What could possibly go wrong? Get over to France and make this happen, MK.
2: Wow, Luke. Yeah, showtime. Fly us to Paris. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Imagine justifying that to like the heads of Paramount. You're like, you know, what's the justification for this trip? Uh, we You're gotta like, so go. So here's
2: how this works. This guy's a sex offender and he's a fan.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, Luke. This is a fellow from Chennai, Chennai, India. Is that correct? Chennai.
2: I, I think that's right.
1: All right. His name is Cash. He says I flew down to Singapore for for my first UFC event. And look at the donks I chose to represent for this monumental occasion. My friend and I had better seats than we thought we did, and I cannot believe that I got to see these fights for my first ever UFC event. Keep up the great work. P.S. though, none of my friends understand why I watch the show. They don't get MMA. I did show them the clips of you guys roasting my previous fan sub from a few months ago, and they loved it. It's Cash Yap. Look at this guy, Luke.
2: Bro, these guys are having the time of their life. Oh yeah. By the way, if your first ever UFC event to be that one that's pretty good that's good luck that's really finally
1: india getting the love luke from one of mma's finest you know what i'm saying That's right that's right indeed all right i love i love that man that gets me fired up to see these guys out here representing us in the wild like that thank you cash uh let's go over to moderate weirdo he says here's some catnip luke
2: catnip farmer
1: i mean i don't necessarily get the reference here luke what is he what is he trying to say
2: uh that you're a fucking weirdo i'm guessing all right be
1: cool all right please come on okay they're saying that i feed the homeless cats luke okay i mean yeah that's great that's great what are you gonna dox me after this i mean come on all right uh luke let's go over to andrew made a couple memes for the mk crew (laughs) hope all is well with you and keep up the great work you guys are my drive home three days a week and i look forward to it what does this one say, Luke?
2: God.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't say that without getting you very upset. So thank you, Andrew, for doing that. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yes, that is fair. Yesterday, the pro- so my my PC has just had unbelievable issues. Although I think I'm finally rounding the corner on fixing them, though they're not fixed yet. So I've had to do like jerry rigging with my other computers to make the stream work. And I tried one yesterday, and sure enough, it didn't work. And I had to fix it on the minute, on the on the fly, and it. Everyone had a very good laugh at my expense, which they typically do. So,
1: yeah, they do, Luke. They do that. Some guy texted me. I forgot where's the guy's name. Um, like, oh, David <laughs> at D- David underscore real, and he's like, tell Luke, it's just uh, switch the audio input to his external mic. And I mean, look, these are people that are like blocked by yeah, you, but that they're like it
2: doesn't make any sense for the equipment that I'm using. But I'm glad that the armchair tech people are giving me now. No, but these are people that device. are like, sorry,
1: I'm blocked by Luke, but I want to help him. So they come to me. It's like, you know, I don't. I...
2: That's not help. That's not the cause of the problem. The problem is I have a Zoom L8 and a ATEM Mini Pro that has to fit into the Mac desktop. And I have to use both of them to get the proper thing to work. And people telling me I have to got into the external mic doesn't make sense. Yeah.
1: Short peg in a round hole, Luke, which is a good way to describe your love life pre-marriage.
2: I, th- I did all right. I did all right, fucker. I you know. Okay, I wasn't. I wasn't, I wasn't there. king shit. I, I there was definitely dudes who did better. I did all right, fellas. I mean, I'm
1: you weird. know, I I had the potential to do all right, Luke. I just have laughably comical fails along the way.
2: You know what oh mean? no! no. Just... I, oh, I had some motherfucking fails. Please believe. Yeah, please believe me. <laughs> it's
1: like I'm like Bill Buckner in that in that category, Luke. It's great, but you know, all right. Hey, here's Andrew's
2: second meme, Luke. Can you understand this? Yeah, this is you talking about Joni Mitchell when no one gives a flying fuck. (laughs) By the way, look, I I like how the grandma is dressed cooler than the woman with those jeans. I don't know where those jeans are from, but she can fucking throw them in the trash tomorrow.
1: Dude, oh, the 70s are so good right now, and vinyl, Luke. Oh my God,
2: dude! dude it's amazing. 70s movies are actually really good.
1: Oh, the dark neo noirs from that run. Oh my, dude! I went on How that about End last of the year. Dragon, one
2: of the Dragon*? Well, maybe the best martial arts movie ever. Or at least, certainly in the you know the dude, the, the the canon. That post
1: *Godfather* run from Pacino. Oh, it's amazing,
2: Luke. And were like those? a yeah. lot of the best James Bond movies made in. I, I could be wrong about that. I think a lot of them were made in the 70s that were pretty good.
1: Look, if I could do it over again, I might be born like nineteen sixty. How about that? You think that's a good life? Or maybe um, or maybe earlier. When do particular? you want to come yeah. of age? Yeah. When do you want to graduate high school? Like nineteen seventy? Is that perfect? I mean, you may be in Vietnam, so I guess it's not that perfect,
2: Luke. I wish I would have graduated high school like early to mid nineties. Um but okay. uh, I graduated in ninety six. It was pretty awesome, Luke. All right. That's when my brother graduated. Class of the guy that blew up my DMs trying to get inside info on you in fairness he blows off my DMs as well That makes. will sense you funny. reference that to him that I tried uh, I brought it up once and he doesn't even remember it
1: he's like I couldn't I couldn't fucking care less Luke like, like please just stop talking to me thank
2: you I was All like right. do you remember when my co-host DM'd you he's like no I'm like uh, okay <laughs> thanks uh, Luke JP oh we got one more from Andrew alright what do we got here <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, okay. That's a, there's something to
2: that, Luke, all right? Uh, no that. lies were told that day. Yeah. No lies <laughs> that's were told. Fair.
1: That's fair. Uh, all right. Let's go to Jay. You know Jay, right? Mount Unike, Nova Scotia, my Canadian brethren, JP. He says, good day, Luke, BC, MK staff, and the fans.
2: <laughs> surprise,
1: surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. The BC king is back. Yeah, Keep up the aw- award-winning show. Luke, I hate to see this because, dude, not only did we love Glover coming into this couch, damn, we love Glover coming out of that couch, and damn, did Glover give you a performance of a lifetime in defeat Truly. there. But you know what, Luke? Uh, I, you know, Fuck it, I don't make the rules. Sorry, uh, uh, who's the guy that originally retired? Apathy? Sorry. Yes,
2: Apathy, yes. Willie Pep?
1: Sorry, Steve Young? You know, the, you're looking at him right here. You're looking at the king, and it's good to be king. And Luke, if you come at the king... Well, I'm married, so please don't do that, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all right, you know. I mean, so it, you know, when it when I was brewing it up here, it sounded like it would slay. I was just like, I got one, wait, I got one, guys. But
2: dude, that's you know, that's every one of your jokes. Yeah, good or some, bad.
1: Sometimes you know the delivery just doesn't it doesn't get there. All right, JP has more shit. Luke, he says, "Good day." Um, I'm back again to share with all of you something I still can't believe. Like Rose Namajunas. B.C. shocked the world during episode 309 at 47 minutes when he told us he very well could be the long-lost Shevchenko brother. Similar to Have You Seen This Shit, I've spent days scouring the globe, the internet highs, lows, and in-betweens, and have found visual proof that B.C. is, in fact, the long-lost Shevchenko brother. Uh, Let's see this, Luke. Let's see this. What does he got?
2: They they just had it up for, like, 30 seconds. Oh, here we go. Uh, So they basically... Uh, by the way, love the uh, the Adidas uh, <laughs> tearaway pants you're wearing in the second one there.
1: Virtually identical, Luke. I think this works. I think they found the proof here, right?
2: Yeah, you know what? You're mouth breathing in the left one, so that's definitely yes. you. And then you're wearing bizarre attire in the second one. That's also you. Just like you
1: know, <laughs> like Back to the Future. As my life went on, I was disappearing from these photos, Luke. But uh, yes, I did. That's where I started. You know. That's where I started, and that's where I'll finish. Unless we actually are related, then we got, you know, then we got issues there. All right, yeah. Uh, can we move on? They got, they got yeah. Wow, just. Uh,
2: I know there's like me. a whole album of these. Yeah,
1: it's great. Um, finally, Luke, this guy pulls up the rear a lot. It's Danger Mouse. <laughs> He says, uh, <laughs> "Hi, BC. It's your pal again. You know by now that I love to pick moments from the show for memes, and the conversation about the Volk Max fight was just perfect for this one.
2: You haven't even seen the big one that we are going to release here soon. So yeah, Jesus.
1: so this is what a draw twenty-five or <laughs> believe, yeah, that's believe so good. Me, yes, yes, forty-nine times. Uh, Danger Mouse says. Lastly, a quick one." from a while ago when Luke was talking about entrance music, I've included an old friend of the show just to give Luke even more pleasure. Oh, God.
2: Okay, people, I need walkout song suggestions. Paint it black, song two, Sweet Caroline. Is that is that Pennington James? Look, <laughs> that is the Pennington James with, of course, a reliable <laughs> shit recommendation. Dude, are you where are you on Sweet Caroline? I know the Brits love it and they play it and they all sing a lot. Okay. they're very singy people. Is it? It's played the worst out? fucking song.
1: Yeah, so it's extremely played out, and they've been a big reason to that. But no, dude, in the right setting, I mean, the song fucking rules. At the end of the day, the song rules, right? I mean, it is what think, it is. Honestly,
2: you want my actual opinion on this? I think everyone knows it's bad, and they pretend to like it. I really believe that. Dude,
1: there's a sing-song scene sing in uh, in uh, Beautiful Girls, one, my favorite movie from 1996, Luke, where they're in the bar. Good movie. good and movie. And there's a good, like, sing-along scene in there to Sweet Caroline, and um, uh, that's why I retain a lot of love for it. Also, dude, you know, like a Neil Young, or Neil Diamond greatest hits, like, you're not going to be not entertained, right, Luke? I mean, he had some some he had some jams, right? You couldn't
2: right? give me you couldn't give me a ticket to a Neil Diamond concert. I would attend. You, I mean, you I'm not. It'll is.
1: lower your T just walking in the door. There's no question, Luke. Yeah. No question. But yeah, um, I, also,
2: uh, and listen, and there's it's not like it, because it's played out, it doesn't mean it's a good song. So, for example. Like, you you don't watch European soccer, but they have grossly played out Seven Nation Army. Yes. You know, yes. doom,
1: doom, Every doom, boxer doom. from the UK is trying to do the same thing, too, Luke. Yeah, and well, it's a
2: great song, Seven Nation Army, but it's like, okay, had enough. Please, you yeah. can move on from this. But, dude, fucking Sweet Caroline, I'm like, dude, you know what it is? It's just an excuse for drunk people to sing aloud together. That's all it is. It's not, like, no, no one is sober and goes, wow, what a great fucking song. It's just... It's a party song for I think it's people a celebration
1: of cheeky, of cheeky Britishness, right? It's just a celebration of like, yeah, no. mate, we're, you know, like, yeah. Like, we're, 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 like, you know, like, glad, fucking glad to be here, right? It's just a celebration of that, Luke, like, yeah, you know. I,
2: I, which is fine. They're, they're, they're very, sing- one thing about Europeans, they just, they, it, 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 big difference between American bars and European bars, and obviously all of Europe's very different, but Well, if there's one commonality is people over in Europe love to sing in groups together. Oh, my Lord. They love to do it. So if you go to, like, bars, especially in England, you'll just... I mean, its you cannot believe how common it is, but okay.
1: I'd love to break out in, like, a real, like, organic flash mob of someone singing a song in a British pub, Luke. Luke, I think that I, like... Not only do I think that I could fit in in the UK, and I'm currently narrowing it down to, I think Wales is where I'm going to be from. I think I'm going to be like, be like me and the Calzaghi's, growing up in Cardiff. Sean you know? Connery. And um, I, I think I've got, I'm, I'm Welsh material here, Luke. But my point is this: I feel like when I go there for the first time, I'll be like, I'm like I'm home. This is where I. So you know that could, if you believe in the third Shevchenko sibling theory, they had to pass through. England on the way to the States after the birth, uh, you know, to deliver, there's a chance, you know, I caught, you know, the, you know what I'm saying? Luke, like, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the stomach and your, and your mom smokes, you may catch that gene, Luke. Okay. I may have caught a little bit of that UK and, um, uh, it's more to come. What was the original
2: name of Wales?
1: You know, I, what do you, what am I? No, I, I don't know, Luke.
2: It's on there. Like, for example, the rugby team has it, or at least they used to have it on the actual rugby Jersey. You didn't know? No. Simru. I'm,
1: I'm considering the Geordie Coast as well as a potential uh, landing point, <laughs> starting point, Luke. You know, I'm definitely not like, like you know, Eddie Hearn, like Ritzy Britt, you know, that style. Um, Who's worse? I'm, Who's
2: worse? Like Geordie Shore people or Jersey Shore people? Who's oh, Jersey worse? all the
1: way. All the way. Oh, yeah, they're worse? Yeah, yeah. they just... Just dirt holes. I mean, they probably all are. Anyone involved in a shore, Luke, is, uh, yeah, Paulie yeah. Shore. I mean, Paulie Shore is a dirt hole, right? Paulie yeah. Shore. Dude, I mean, if yeah.
2: you're if you're like, you know, if you're 25, you don't even know who Paulie Shore is, you're good. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll be sure. Yeah, come on. He
1: just had a celebrity boxing match, gaffe
2: was telling me. I mean, come on. Although, you oh. know, Paulie Shore, dude, he used to slay. Oh, yes. She. I couldn't it's, believe how he was like, yeah. he was the original Pete Davidson. Right? I saw
1: son-in-law in the theater with him and Kelly Kapowski in it. Like I was like jammed for that, Luke. I was fired up, you know.
2: I couldn't believe his resume for a guy who basically was not funny and you know as homely as a motherfucker. Well,
1: you know, his mom was Mitzi Shore from the Comedy Store, Luke. Yes, there's a yes. there's a good documentary on that. It's,
2: it's, yes. Still, Paulie was a no talent zero. I mean, that's not true either. But well, oh, you know. dude,
1: I mean. Okay, was I with him that, that, all that's the way not true. through?
2: That's not true. I'm being a hater. I'm being a hater. Only right, like because early, Early
1: MTV, you know, Pauly dude bro shit. Like, that was awesome, people, dude. dude.
2: People, it, it, here's but, one thing Pauly had that I never, well, two things. One, r- genuine popularity. Never had that. And two, people liked him. Dude, he had genuine popularity.
1: Mikey just slid in with Biodome was all awesome. I always say Biodome was like the bridge too far. That's too much Pauly Shore for yeah, me. Yeah, that's Although a very know,
2: Mikey call right I there. know people
1: do love Biodome. To me, that's too much Pauly Shore. Like, it's gonna, I can't get it off me afterwards. But, you know, Prime Pauly Shore? Like, dude, I went to those in the theater. I'm telling you. Like, you're like, oh, you know Pauly Shore is going to be in a country western one with Kelly Kapowski? It's like, where do we, tell me, when do, where do I sign up? You know, like... You can't act like he didn't have a moment. Look, Brendan Fraser, your celebrity look-like, also had a moment, okay?
2: Brendan Fraser's my celebrity? I wish I looked like Brendan Fraser in his prime. I mean, I go now. I look like current Brendan Fraser. (laughs) 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 Uh, Okay, okay. hold on. I'm going to read you these uh, Pauly Shore films. See which one you think is the best one.
1: Start in the beginning,
2: all right? Well, I mean, the 1988 ones, I don't even recognize these. But the big one that first stands out is Encino Man he was in. Dude, Encino Man is awesome, okay? Okay. Son-in-law?
1: That's the one I saw in the theater with Kelly Kapowski. It's 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 not bad, dude. It's not bad.
2: In the army now. That was actually kind of a big one back in the day.
1: I, that was pretty big. Look, he's like you know that on, dude there's Ernest. More. There's more.
2: Jury he's a cooler.
1: Duty. He's a cooler Ernest, right? You know Ernest goes to camp. Slam dunk Ernest. You know that Rascó
2: Pico. Tran- yeah, Ernest. Yeah.
1: I mean Ernest <laughs> is great, by the way, but Paulie's better. All right, what was that movie you just said from Paulie sure?
2: Uh, jury duty jury duty dude i saw
1: jury duty in the theater that was good that i'm I stand by that one dude dude
2: and he was also in 1996's playboy the best of jenny mccarthy did he really did he did he bump uglies with jenny mccarthy but i was in that a lot too back then look yeah all right oh, fuck yeah. that's that kind of, see that's the kind of shit that just drives me nuts uh let's see what else a futurama he was in for a little while um paulie shore is dead in 2003 Opposite day. See, then it goes off the rails after that. Then well, it goes I, off I think rail.
1: Biodome was the beginning
2: of the end. That was, you yeah. know. That, yeah. Apparently, he plays Pinocchio in the upcoming Pinocchio movie. Who, I mean, I'm sure he made a lot of money, Luke. Oh, he better have, dude. Because, yeah, he was all over the place. Oh, listen, I'm mostly just jealous about Pauly Shore because he bumped uglies with just a fucking never endless stream of tens. Uh, dude, even he was so a did Scott Bayo. That guy was like, damn, right? Yeah, but Scott Bayo in his prime was a handsome dude. Polly Shore looks like the guy who, you know, uh, rents you surfboards at some, you know, middle-of-nowhere shit beach.
1: Fair? That's, that's very fair, Luke.
2: Damn, Jury Duty was good. I gotta go watch that again. Yeah, you go watch Jury Duty, motherfucker. You haven't seen any Akira Kurosawa movies. You're gonna I'm gonna go watch my fucking bullshit. Do I watch Ron or
1: uh, Son-in-Law all over again? Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> I just saw a thing, Luke, uh, yesterday was the 26th anniversary that Cable Guy was released in the theaters with Jim Carrey and Ben Super Stiller. Super
2: underrated movie. I saw that Super opening underrated. night
1: on a date opening night. It was a one and done relationship, Luke. But, uh, but uh, you know, like, uh, that, was a, that was a thing when that came out, dude. That movie was great.
2: See, here's my move. I, I never, I, I wouldn't say I went on, I did not go on dates at movie theaters. That would not be true. But I didn't do my first or even second date at a movie theater because you can't really talk. You just kind no. of sit there.
1: So while so it can be a crutch though if you're nervous. Okay, I uh, mean you, you know did it? You Bro, do you have, have, have anxiety as a teenager trying to take out a chick. You know what I mean, Luke? It's not easy. Some people just just turn and turn in slang, Luke. You know, and it's it, it is what it is. Like you know, if I could go back now, Luke. Oh,
2: dude, I had almost like this is a true story. I was with three of my fraternity brothers. This is after college, but one of them was like, like Luke Rockle. Like one of them was like a ten out of ten. Okay, yeah. he just couldn't. He had to beat off the. <laughs> he had to he had to push the women off with a fucking stick. Wait, okay, were I mean, you like his ridiculous. roadie when
1: you would go out? You you would get the runoff if you could. You'd like no
2: no not even not even you. I mean I, he was not like my best friend in the in the fraternity, but he was we were we were we were close enough. But anyway, the point being is this: I remember one time we went out, and he was living in Northern Virginia at the time. And he was like, hey, come out, hang out with us here. Because he was cool, you know, and uh, he was cooler than me. And so we went out, and uh, we went to this bar in Virginia i never heard of. And we got there, found a place, like, to kind of stand next to the bar so we could just hang out and, you know, whatever. And I was like, uh, someone grab me a beer. I'm going to head to the bathroom. And I came back. I just went, number one, there was no line. Like, I want you to understand how long this took. And we came back, and two of my fraternity brothers are like, yo, go check this out. And he was making out with some girl. We could not have been at the bar not even ten minutes, dude. Yeah, Not well, possible. And he already a- was making, and I was like, "Does he know her? Like, were they like, did they date before?" He's like, no, nah, dude. She just rolled up." And I was like, "Must be nice."
1: I like to Must think that nice. while he, you know, in his prime, lived a life we can only dream about. Now he's probably got like gross mushrooms growing on his dong, right, Luke? Just probably just a gross. Like- no,
2: although he, you, you would imagine a guy like that would marry like a ten out of ten. Not quite. Not quite. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's doing fine. So, what are you going to do?
1: Okay, thank you. Uh, Luke, I also saw American Pie on a first date. Not advised, just the same, Luke, okay? Not advised.
2: <laughs> Did you also turn to your date and go, suck me, beautiful? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw 187 on a first date. Luke, this is a bad Dude, trend the fuck going wrong okay? with you? You're like, uh, I went to the uh, National Holocaust Museum on our first date. It was... It was just, it really yeah, sucked the, like, I'm like, what the went fuck Went to a shooting doing?
1: gallery on the first one. Yeah, wait, wait. What? Hey, what? no, no.
2: Hey, did that <laughs> one is work, Is that you? Yeah. Did
1: that one work? Yeah, I guess it did, Luke. Oh, oh. do you like apples? <laughs> I got a number. Yeah, all right, Luke. There you go. What did there you, there you
2: and go. your wife do on your first date?
1: Uh, we went to Chili's. I ordered a salad. That shows how... <laughs> You're such a fraud. Now, now, was I a fraud? Yes, but I was running every day. I mean, I was in shape. Um, Yeah, then went for like a walk on like a trail. And then, you know, I I texted my roommate at the time. And I was like, yo, I just met my wife. Oh, Oh,
2: right. All right. Good for Uh, you. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, listen, I think the viewers have checked out at this point.
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's good thank, thank, thank you uh luke i will be um leaving for vacation so i'll see you in person yes this weekend um but you know maybe you'll have a fill-in for me or maybe you'll do it alone i don't know what you plan to do without me here No, we're gonna have
2: a fill-in uh we're still working out some of the details but there will be a friday show and we will get folks ready for the weekend and well, can we uh, tell I people friday as well
1: what we've what we've put in the can that they could see soon i mean they yeah, know sure. I, th-
2: I think you should tell them yes
1: they know that Chuck Mindenhall did visit us. We have set the stage for UFC 276 with a yet-to-be-released pre-game preview ahead yep. of International Fight Week. You and I also, for that same card, picked one fighter and filmed a very fun resume review that, that, that was good, Luke. That was some good shit. Very and good. did we or did we not also film a companion watch-along going back in time to... Max Volk 1 and 2 and yes folks
2: here we, Here we go. Here
1: number we go. Number, I was there for it. And you know what's awesome? That was number 50 for him and number two for me. Look, yes. First time re-watching it, but uh, we we rescore the fights. Yep. We we argue with each other. We crack some yep. bad jokes. It's going to be a fun time for you. You're not going to want to miss this. And also, look, we got another high court that we can throw at him anytime we want. Why? why let's yes. just throw it at their face.
2: We've we, we put a lot of things uh, into the... Uh into the upload file for this month. It just hasn't been out yet, but those are coming. So the resume review, the watch-along, and the pregame preview are all going to be heading your way ahead of you at that, 276.
1: That free throw competition we filmed in Jersey City last year, that
2: that's probably Literally, the... it I popped up in my Google photos. It was a year ago. <laughs> that's going to be like the
1: basement tapes for Bob Dylan or something. You know, or the Chinese Democracy album from, uh, from Guns N' Roses. It's never going to happen, Luke. Um, also, dude, we... We have acquired a lot of footage for documentary number seven. While I do not, I argue often with uh, Jake Vod Amsterdam about the 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 mindset of doing one doc that encapsulates six months of different things. I don't like that, Luke. I like doing one weekend all in, brother. Okay, we got we got internal issues inside the family. We got to figure them out on air. That's how I like to get down. Right. But we got a lot of good footage acquired, with that being said, over the last few months. A lot of different areas. I have no idea what the stock is going to look like, Luke. I mean, they went to your house. They went to my mm-hmm. house.
2: Mm-hmm. They went to the they factory to town. My, they, they put my wife on camera, so you will see her. Yeah, my wife was like, absolutely not. Not even <laughs> a chance, No. Yeah, well I don't think she uh, Jake talked to her for like maybe 5 minutes if that. It was like a yeah. handful of questions and then they She loved
1: it up, Jake so. though. She loved Jake. Big Lou too, but like Jake, you know, Jake, there's something so compellingly nice and weird about Jake that like he's there and now he's in and he's here and he's just one of us and sometimes, you know, that leads to him hanging in your hotel room for at least 62 minutes longer than you in- intended, but yeah. you know, he's endearing, Luke.
2: He's bad definitely man. a stray dog that you kind of admire, and then you're like, yo, I don't want to have this stray dog anymore. Get the fuck out, you know? But who doesn't like a stray dog, huh?
1: You're like, okay, sir, I I, I gave you money because I felt bad. That doesn't mean you get to live the rest of your life with me, okay? You know what I mean? That's just, uh, yes, all right, all are right. we
2: done with the uh, fan subs? That's Yeah, that's it. Morningcombat
1: at gmail.com. Get your dead wrongs ready for Friday. And uh, yeah, man. Hey, wow. Yeah, and dude, live show is like real soon. So, if mm-hmm. you folks can be there ahead of the July second International Fight Week UFC two seventy six
2: that Friday, we need to Friday, start promoting that. We we need, like next week. We need to start promoting. So that. here's the so, here's
1: the plan, guys. That Friday afternoon, you're gonna go to T Mobile Arena for the official ceremonial, unofficial, official, whatever ceremonial weigh in and stare downs. As you're walking out of the arena. Back to, the, back to the strip, you're going to stumble upon morning combat. And we're going to be live, local, late breaking. And we're going to do uh, live DM from Donks. We're going to spin a wheel, have some special guests, maybe get liquored up. Maybe, you know, maybe even get in a drunk fight, Luke, right?
2: Yes, we don't have all the details to share, but following the ceremonial weigh-ins on Friday, the, I think it'll be July 1st, Right after the weigh-ins are over at the T-Mobile, we're going to be right near there. We'll tell you more when we have some uh, firmed-up details, but we're almost through the finish line on that. And come join us after the weigh-ins right near there. So pencil us in post-UFC 276 weigh-ins. Come hang out with BC and your boy.
1: Yeah, man. Come come be a part of our lives, okay?
2: I will be a part of your life on Friday, BC. I can't wait to see you and your fam. Uh, Safe travels. Enjoy your time. You know how to reach me if you have any questions. And don't get mugged.
1: Wow, Wow, Luke, thank you very much. going to be hot as a ball sack the day that we're going to meet up, Luke. So we'll, we'll, uh, you know, I I promise I won't creep your family out. And, you know, just expect no one in my family to respect me. Luke, that's how life works.
2: (laughs) You see, I will tell you, you know, you hang around Connecticut and smaller towns, you may not feel this. There's a decent chance we might get recognized where we're going. I've been to this place a few times, and two of the times I've been there, someone spotted me and asked me, Are you Luke Thomas? So, dude, I got to tell you, we, you know, it's very possible... So it's like you might do I wear the another autograph and feel awkward about it?
1: Yeah, do I wear the MK tie-dye shirt just to basically bring that attention on? No, look, no
2: no you don't um, alright as a reminder showtime showtime.com is the label that pays 30 day free trial if you like it you can keep it if not you can bounce morningcombat.store is the place for merch and as a reminder Friday BC will be out but the show continues we'll get you ready for all the weekend's fights and react to all the news so stick around for that I probably will also I don't know yet I've talked to my wife about it but I'm probably going to do a post fight show on Saturday that's a little bit up in the air but I'm going to certainly try and make that happen so because um, if the card is that good all right. Yeah, for Brian Campbell, anything last you want to say? No,
1: a very good boxing match. I won't be able to preview it for you guys, but yes. Joe Smith Jr. on Saturday, bringing his lightweight he- heavyweight title against the two owned by Arthur Betterbeev. Maybe the winner fights Beval for all four belts. That's going to be worth your time Saturday night. All
2: right. So we'll preview that as well. For Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas, as well as Showtime, Malka, and CBS Sports. This has been Morning Combat. Until next time, may all of your gains be loyal.